Hey everybody, real quick before we get started. So, um, Chris is going to be on a bit of a hiatus for a little bit because he's off getting married. Yay, congratulations to him. Uh, good luck doing that during the pandemic, buddy. Um, so it's just going to be me and Brian here for at least a couple of weeks, probably two months or so. Um, so a couple of things with that. One, obviously, it's just going to be the two of us. And two, uh, we're going to hold off on uploading the deep dives for a little bit. Uh, we're going to be experimenting with kind of the format of how this works for a while. And until we do, we're just going to hoard a bunch of stuff until we're ready to go. Um, so with that, um, enjoy news and catch up. We, we ended up talking a really long time anyway. We're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about stuff. I'm very mad about Deadly Premonition, so we should probably... <laughs> just start just there. <laughs> just start the episode with you saying, I'm mad about Deadly Premonition. Premonition. Just, okay. just go. Yeah. Just go. Let's do it. We're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about shit. And Chris isn't here. Um, Don't even busy. mention that he's not here. Just, just start Chris, the episode he, with, I fucking yep, hate yep, Deadly fuck Premonition. It. Just, just, we get to the end, and it's just like, where, where was the, where was the other the guy? the third dude? Um, he was just very angry at both I guess of us. We, so, yeah. I guess we should clarify he's not going to be here for a few weeks at least. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, getting we're kinda, married like a loser. Yeah, fucking what the fuck. So, yeah, no, we're, we're going to be we're going it, it's the BD podcast. It's it's Beckton Dixon, but it's about video games. Uh um Bumble uh, Bumble uh, bump, I, I, bump. Get, come back to me on that one. Just talk about okay. premonition. <laughs> okay, so um, that game looked fucking wild. Okay, I man, my it has been that game came out on Friday, it, and it has been a, like the whirlwind kind of started around Deadly Premonition before it came out, because uh, like a week before it came out, they were putting out pre-release trailers, and the embargo dropped a couple of days before it came out, and um. Like, like, just the, the 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 thing that probably got the most traction was just that when you're outside in that video game riding the skateboard, it, it's a fucking PowerPoint. Like, Digital Foundry oh, yeah. did a video <laughs> where where they they just straight up ran the game on like an emulator and like did math on the frame rate, and it was like it was literally in the single digits, cool. it, like in way like you could get it to go in the single digits easily like it's not like you have to force it to do it um and and like it's evident when you're playing in the game like i was streaming it on friday and and saturday and like if i was outside on the skateboard and rotating the camera around just trying to get a sense of where i was the game hitches like crazy mm -hmm. is it what uh what console are you playing it on uh it's only out on the nintendo switch oh okay which <laughs> is probably a part of this um yeah that would explain why the frame rate's so low yeah, like you take a game that like I don't know. Toy Box was the folks who made it. It's not the people who made the first game. Um, I don't know anything about them, but the game is obviously. I don't know how optimized it is. I am not a, a man of the computer, but like putting this thing exclusively on a tablet, it doesn't seem to have done it any favors. I, I think Nintendo is in there with funding. Like they were part of the reason why the game got made. Um, but I, I don't know. It's really rough. Um, I, so, you know how I'm stupid? Uh-huh. So, there, there's a mini game in that game where you're bowling. 
Because I don't know how much you know about Francis York Morgan, the main character of Deadly Premonition. Uh, I know next to nothing about Deadly Premonition. Okay. We should probably fix that. Um, <laughs> maybe a half But uh, Maybe. It's a long fucking game, but honestly, maybe. I have one written out because I was going to show my partner, and now we can't be within the same house, so mm. that's hard. Anyway, um... So Francis York Morgan is a cop. He's a, he's a he's an FBI special agent, um, and he is an extremely superstitious man. Like coffee is sacred to him. The coffee guides him. Every day in the first game, he wakes up and and drinks coffee, and it guides him in his investigations. That that sounds like the uh, the average person. Yeah, um, I know he, that uh, when I when I uh, wake up and I don't have my coffee, that I I can't do FBI investigations. So it goes a little further than that. It's not just that he needs coffee to go; it's that the coffee literally tells him. So, okay, as an example, <laughs> he at, towards the end of the game, okay. he he has no idea what to do. He's lost his only lead. Um, the box with the files in it is gone after this long search to find it. And he, he drinks coffee. He's like, Emily, I need coffee. Someone get me coffee. I need coffee. Shut the fuck up. And he starts drinking coffee. And he's like, this coffee is good. And then he puts the coffee down. And when he picks it back up, the coffee mug has left a ring on a newspaper. And that ring in the newspaper, there are five letters inside of it. And the five letters correspond to a lake. So he goes to the lake, and he just starts fishing. He just throws a fishing line into the lake, because this is a lake of great power. And and, and you just start doing the fishing minigame, and there's an object in the fishing minigame where y- you gotta catch it. The game's like, hey, you have to catch this thing. I believe in you. And when you catch it, it's just it's it's just the box that went missing in the sheriff's station. <laughs> he just It's just in he, the pond. Yep, it, I mean... That's what we call in the writing biz a big fucking coincidence <laughs> yeah no that's uh is that one of those tropes on the television tropes uh, website? i can't just... i can't say that is a trope the <laughs> coffee stain ring telling you where a macguffin is mm. although I, well, I, yeah, I guess i guess the the box of files would be a macguffin although it wasn't really set up to be one it sounds like yeah i, I mean it, there was like a chase around it there was like oh we got to find this thing that tells us where this house is, and they, they spent a long time looking for it, and it, it turns out that, like, the character that took away the boxes was in the room when he was drinking the coffee. Like, he's he's the, he's the greatest detective in the FBI because he can figure this shit out through coffee seance and fishing, but it happened literally, like, it was like the guy told him, I'm pretty sure the files are in the police department, check on this side of the building, and then it's implied that he ran to the other side of the building to hide the files mm. and throw them into the lake. It's like it happened right under his nose, but he was able to fix it because he's some kind of maybe half demon boy. Yeah. So Francis York Morgan um, is told by an apparition of s- some kind of uh, I don't know. He calls him the skeletal man, the, the uh, uh, like an indigenous gentleman with. All kinds of like, like paint on on his face, mm-hmm. just talking at him in riddles that just magically apparates inside of a painting. Um, he tells him, "Go find the ten maidens," and uh, apparently that means he has to go bowling because the the ten pins have like a have like an hourglass <laughs> figure, like a lady, li- li- like a maiden, and um, he has to go fit. He has to play the bowling, 
but there's a lady there and she's bowling and and the and and the Hoongan, the person in, in the mirror or the painting, did not say to interrupt them playing the bowling as they could also be looking for the maiden. He just has to get them to stop and, and then you, you go to a voodoo store and buy an alligator figurine and put it outside of her house for some reason. You don't know why. You just do it. He's just like, I feel like I should do this. And then it turns out that her, she buried the alligator figurine with her husband when he died because she didn't like it, but then she felt bad. So now she thinks the husband came out of the grave and threw the alligator figurine mm. at her house. It, it so, so York, York, York is weird. It, it, it's you. It sounds like it's utilizing like point and click adventure moon logic. Mm-hmm. Although I guess yeah. even I guess even point and click games I have mean, like more obscure logic because they just like don't make sense at all. I guess that doesn't make sense either. But I, I mean, like if you distilled <laughs> like like the moon logic in an adventure game to plot, because like what you actually have to do in Deadly Premonition for the main story is pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Like like it's pretty much just like open world current video game design of like here's a map go there for the plot go anywhere else to find side quests whatever but francis york morgan just comes these insane leaps of logic um because his coffee or the mirror or um like i think at some point like a bird poops on somebody and he he sees this as a, a a visage of great power um he, he he has a knack for knowing where, like, the world is leading him in a stupid way. Um, anyway, so, as part of that side quest, because, uh, like, the main quest is you have to bowl, and then you get a strike because you have to knock down the ten maidens, and then um, something happens. I don't remember. It was three days ago. But uh, th- there's a mini-game in Deadly Premonition where um, the woman that you have to get to stop playing the bowling um, wants you to be her successor. So she's like, okay, I'm going to set up the pins in a bunch of different formations and you're going to have to knock them down. It's like a, like, like you'll learn how to deal with the splits mode in bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like most of them are easy. Mo- most of them are like, like the seven ten split is in there, which like, it looks hard, but you can do it. One at one out of one about one out of every ten times. It's not that hard. Um, there's one where it's like only one side of the triangle is up, and you just have to angle the ball so that it hits all three of them. So the game has four different splits uh, that you have to accomplish. Um, the first and the game tells you like I, I don't know if it's data on like how good current players are at doing it, like like percentage of success for current players or expected percentage of success. But uh, the first one you try is like 50%. The second one you try is like 50%. And then the third one is like 0.3%. Oh, God. It, it's... <clears throat> and so, like 0.3%, like 1% is 1 in 100. 0.1% is 1 in 1,000. 0.3% is like 1 in 700, something like that. I don't know. But um, I, I can I can attest that that is accurate. So is this like a this isn't a mandatory thing, right? This is just so no you, oh. you can do the you can do the plot, um you you can move on. But the thing about the first game is that uh so the first game is really bad, um okay, but there are a handful of random side quests that you don't 
realize are important, but when you do them, they give you rewards that they don't make the game good necessarily, but they make the game a lot more tolerable. <laughs> um, for example, there is a mini game in the grocery store that you that you visit during your investigation where the woman that runs the grocery store has you do like box pushing puzzles in her storage room. Mm-hmm. And if you do that three times, you get uh, so the, the 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 woman that runs it, she's really sick of her husband's guitar because he likes playing the guitar loudly and it's annoying. So she gives you his guitar. And that guitar is the best weapon in the game. Like, by a wide margin. Uh Uh-huh. And you can get it in, like, the first three hours and make the game's combat, which is terrible, completely trivial. (laughs) And I I just don't know. Like, now now that I know this, I'm cursed with knowledge. The the, the Deadly Premonition Pandora's box is open in my mind. I I don't know. Like... The bowling minigame might hide the better frame rate or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, um, it unlocks all the rest of the frames. I, I can tell you that that, that it does not. I, I, I was actually kind of happy with the scene that plays when you finally get it, but I swear to God, I, I did it for ten hours. Like, over the course of, like, Jeez. three days. The, you're I, I you're talking there. about the second one, right? That you've been playing recently? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did I, I did this one bowling minigame trying to hit this one split over and over and over again oh, for about 10 hours. Oh. And, like, only a handful of videos on YouTube have gotten it, and they all... it It's just random. It's just... You, you get the ball on one side of the lane, you get it to, to, to turn slightly to the left, and you pray that the physics knock over one of the pins. Right. And, like, it became a matter of, like, okay, how consistent can I make it so that it hits both pins on the left so that it shoots the pins to the right and just trying to knock that one over? And there was a weird amount of, like, optimization in it. I So the the minigame itself, I I think Swery learned some, or whoever the fuck did the design work. I don't know. Maybe Swery just did the story. But whoever did it, they learned some of the wrong lessons out of Deadly Premonition, like... So the bowling minigame is pretty basic. You have your bar that goes up and down, and it's your power bar, and you got to press the A button when you get, like, how hard you want to throw the ball. Um, and then when you decide your power, like a little semicircle, like the um, the gas reader on your car shows up, and it's like, okay, it's going to go left to right, and you ha- this is going to determine if the ball is going to go straight or if it's going to curve to the left or the right. Um, and you just have to press the A button when the when the line is where you want it to go. Mm-hmm. But there's a delay. Ah. There, there's like a quarter second delay between you pressing the button and it stopping. Um, and like Digital Foundry like looked at that and was like, nope, that's actually intentional. That That's not a frame rate thing, although the frame rate does eat inputs at certain times and that mm-hmm. made it harder. Um, that's just, that was just how they designed this. They wanted oh. it to, to be fucky. So... Uh. I there are items I came to learn at after hour six that slow those meters down, which makes it easier for the frame rate to not eat inputs and makes it a little easier for you to kind of guide the the bar where you want it to go. Although there is still a delay, um, and it's just like a dumb thing where like in order to start the mini game, you you pay the lady their money. And then it asks you what ball you want to use, and you press A, and there's a delay for both spending the money and pressing the ball. 
and then you have to like aim the ball left to right. But while you're aiming the ball, you can still change what bowling ball you're using. So they could have just taken out that step where you're picking the ball, which is fine most of the time. But when you're doing it 800 times, uh. and like like, and it adds two seconds every time, that's like 30 minutes of my life that are just gone. <laughs> And it's all Swery's fault. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously. So, um, otherwise, like, they did learn some good lessons from the first game. Like I said, the, the, the first game had terrible combat. This game has combat that barely exists, which is better. Uh, like, it, 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 it's super trivial. It's impossible to die. Everything goes down in two hits. It's not fun, but it's fast. Which... If you're gonna do something that's not fun, let's get at least get it over with. Um, and uh, there's some shit with the plot that, uh, like, Swery already kind of did a bit of a, a U-turn on and said, uh, like, there, there's a there's a trans character in this game, and I'm not gonna like get into the context of it, but um, the the first game had issues with some representation stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it, uh, like, a, like, not done well, or was it, like, intentionally bad, or... So, in general, the consensus that I came to, and I think I came to this on on my Discord, (laughs) and, like, some folks around me that I've talked to came to, is, like, no, Swery has a very good heart, it seems, and it's mostly just him not really realizing what he's doing, more than him trying to act... Like, I don't think he is a... Uh, like a, a person who has like malice towards folks. Um, the issue was that in the first game, um, every character that it, that presents as LBGT turns out to be super evil. And when they are when they do the turn between uh, looking normal and becoming evil, they present more and more as LBGT. Hmm. And it just wasn't great. It wasn't the end of the world. Like, like I, as a queer person, was not super bothered by it. It wasn't good, but. Like it didn't obviously didn't ruin the game for me. Deadly Premonition, I like it a lot. Um, but uh, he ended up like he, he internalized a lot of the, the the criticism that came his way about that, and um, actually made another game called The Missing. I don't know if you remember that. It's like this two D platformer that's where he uh, directed, um, and that game has a very like has a very touching story involving a twin a trans woman. Um, like he really seemed to want to address what happened in Deadly Premonition and try to really like bring how he felt more in line with what he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Deadly Premonition 2, um, there's another, there is another trans character and Francis York Morgan goes through and says like, look, look like your, your choices in your life don't like these things don't define you and people who want to, like make you feel shitty about them suck like there is a positive message in there but then just the through the course of telling the story like like francis york morgan does what's called dead naming of like using um the uh the trans character's name from their previous life and just does it over and over and over again which like sweary has come out and apologized for it and said i didn't mean to do that don't be mad at york i messed up he he did not mean to hurt anybody. Um, he just didn't realize it. So it was a um, it was a problem with execution, not yeah. necessarily like a yeah okay. 
Yeah, it was an issue of like if it if this was the first time he had run into it, it would have been like I mean, that sucks. Swear he doesn't know he. It's obvious from the way that York talks about the character that he he has no ill will towards them. Yeah. He has no malice towards them for who they are, and like I I had debated not streaming the game only because I. I want to be able to put that stuff in context when I get to it. I'm not, like, super upset about it because I know Swery is a good person um, and would not do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the same time... Oh! I have to turn on my free-to-play garbage now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we can get to that after I, I stop bitching about Dilly Premonition. Excellent. Um, but... Uh, no, like, like he came out and said, like, no, like I, I messed up, and 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 I'll rewrite that scene so that it better represents my vision. Um, he he made it clear that it is not censorship. It's not. He's not trying to rewrite it because people are mad. He realized it did not fit what he wanted that character to be, and he's trying to kind of realign it. The 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 tricky thing about this game, I, I don't know if this is the case in the first in in the second game for sure. I'm assuming it is, but in the first game, uh, Deadly Premonition does not have a Japanese voice cast. All the all the dialogue is in English. Um, and Swery, obviously, English is not his first language. Mm-hmm. He speaks English very well, um, and, and like he can communicate in English just fine. But um, like when he wrote his apology and when he wrote his message saying that he was going to rewrite the script, he had to do it through Google because the um, English is a fucking tricky language and um, it can be hard to pick it up and it just seemed like that's kind of where he ran into the pitfall of like getting it from like like trying to write in a language that wasn't yeah. his and trying to, to wrap his head around and I, I, don't, I don't know if he's like say he's you know um, a straight cis guy on the one hand trying to translate from Japanese to English and also not having maybe first hand experience with that kind of thing yeah it could very easily get lost in translation. It, it's very comp. It's a very complicated issue, and and the, the reason why I was upset was, again, if this was the first time, it would be a lot easier to brush off. But he's had ten years of learning at this point, mm-hmm. and it's like he obviously wants to be an ally to folks. He obviously put this in the game so they could have a positive. Well, the character is evil, but he did a better job of, like, th- there's no association between the evilness and the the queerness like like there was in the first game he did a good job of that um and like it's what he wanted to do but it just didn't work out be, through execution he's also had 10 years of learning and it's not that hard to read a book but i mean he he apologized for it in four days i i don't know how how better like how much better you can do on that um so um i don't know it's, it's Metacriticing first, worse than the first one, which is wild. <laughs> it, uh, it looked pretty bad. I don't know anything about uh, Deadly Premonition. I, I, it was weird, like, because Hannah was talking about it when we were in Discord one day, and you were uh, popping in to stream, so I was like, oh, I'll watch it and see what that's about. And I I always thought Deadly Premonition, like, like if I look at the box art of the first one, yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is like a Silent Hill game, right? And then... I started watching the game and I was like, what is this? Why is so, it so colorful and happy? <laughs> it's interesting you say that because, like, remember we, we talked about part four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 
a couple of times now where it's you're in a weird town and you don't know what's wrong with it and weird shit is happening um like, like deadly premonition is based very heavily especially the first game on twin peaks um and twin peaks is very eccentric when it's not getting super dark um like i think the difference between silent hill and twin peaks and deadly premonition is that they sweary wants you to like the town and wants you to like the people in it kind of despite the darkness around them. Whereas Silent Hill is like, this is terrible. Yeah, like, you're in hell now. Yeah, basically. You're in hell to learn a Satan lesson. Um, which is, like, obviously I love Silent Hill, but, Mm -hmm. um, but no, like, it's part of what bums me out about Deadly Premonition because, like, almost, almost everything I've talked about has nothing to do with what kind of game it is, which is basically an adventure game with some combat. Um, which is already kind of a realignment from the first one, because the first one was originally just going to be, you're a detective, you're going to a weird town where weird shit's happening, and you, you run around trying to investigate, learning about the town, and solving the murder, what happened. And the publisher said, ah, you need combat, make a shitty RE4. And they made a shitty Resident Evil 4, mm-hmm. and tacked it onto it, and it was really bad. Um, but no, I, I, I Deadly Premonition, the first game... The reason why I'm stick, I stuck with the second one, even though I'm having, honestly, kind of a bad time with it, is that I mean the main character is adorable and charming and inspiring in, in a lot of ways, and getting to learn the weird people around the town, like the, um, the 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 one man who is, has three different personalities that runs the hotel. He, he is David Jawara, but he is a chef with, like, a, a deep South accent and a bellboy with, like, an Italian accent <laughs> and a concierge with a British accent, but he's all just the same dude, and it's implied that he's just running into different rooms and changing costumes constantly. That's perfect. Um, and the guy named The Mirror, who runs the voodoo shop that also sells guns, <laughs> and, like, he... he speaks with like deep south mysticism but he also constantly catches himself making errors like he tells you one of the side quests is that you have to collect the five beads of power but every time you talk to him to figure out where to find them he keeps calling them something else like you need to find the three the three more pillowcases of power and francis was like wait you said there were beads and i was like don't fucking question me which one do you want to know about um like he calls them the coins flamingos of power kind of yeah um (laughs) and like the 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 sheriff that um took the took the van that they used to apprehend suspects and um like furnished it so that it is a 7-eleven on wheels (laughs) and goes around selling candy and shit to make money for the for the sheriff's department because there there isn't enough crime and they need to make money elsewhere. <laughs> um, and every time he talks, he tries to like make up a movie title for the situation that he's in. Um, and his adopted daughter is just a, a complete straight person, like straight man, like just like she's like eleven years old and just staring at York, being crazy. Like we have to, I have to find the ten maidens. We have to go bowling and, and looking at his mom, like looking at his her father and. Like, she's trying to make a movie title out of the fact that they found a disembodied 
like lady in the basement of the food processing plant. And she's just like, we should find the person who did the murder, you guys. I, <laughs> there are footsteps that lead directly to that closet. We should probably just check it out. Like, it's all still there. <laughs> like, like it, it's still got that charm. There is still... Weird and charming there is, will get you very far. Th- there is an amazing let's play of this game that can be done. Mm-hmm. But just the act of playing it is so tedious. It like, looks... It looks pretty bad in terms of, like, playing. Yeah. Like, like there's a side quest pretty early on where you need to... Uh, you So the game has a lot of weird survival mechanics that the first game had. Of You have a hunger meter, you have a stamina meter, you have a uh, tiredness meter, and you get dirty over time, and your suit gets dirty over time. And if your suit gets too dirty, the FBI docks your pay because you smell bad and it's making people sad um so you have to take a shower to fix that but your shower is broken so you need to figure out how to fix the water pressure and the side quest tells you to talk to the the concierge persona of the person that runs the hotel Mm -hmm. so you can call like you can ring the bell on the concierge desk and like the concierge runs an item shop out of the hotel that you can buy healing items and stuff from but that's not what you have to do. You have to ha- talk to him while he's standing behind his desk. And the game runs on, like, a constantly running timer. Like, it's it, the, the time of day is constant. And it doesn't tell you when he's going to be standing there. And your only option to figure that out is to either sleep or do what the game does to progress time, which is smoke cigarettes... Just if you want time to move faster, you gotta smoke. All um, solid. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but doing both of those things, one can mess with your like. If you sleep, you get hungry. If you smoke, your health goes down. <clears throat> and two, all of that just makes you stinkier. <laughs> and um, I had to I had to fix the shower so I could not be stinky, so I could make money. But I couldn't figure out how to get the concierge to show up, and I didn't have money to buy cigarettes because I was stinky. So I had to sleep, but when I slept, I got hungry. And if I am hungry, I have to buy food, and I can't do that without money. So I I got stuck in this shitty loop of, like, literally I was a starving FBI agent on the verge of death, just trying not to get be stinky, going to sleep for an hour at a time, waking up, running to the concierge desk, and seeing if David was there or not. And ultimately, you have to do this three times for each of the different personas, and they're only active for an hour at a time every day, mm-hmm. and they don't tell you which hour it is. And like, the first game was pretty bad about this too. But the first like, and I could have just gone and shot dogs and squirrels until I made enough money, because if you if you shoot dogs and squirrels, the FBI gives you money for it. That, that, that's how it works in real life too. Yes, yeah, no, it's a sharpshooter bonus. Every every squirrel you shoot in the face is a buck seventy. Um. And if you find a rare dog, it's like seven seven seven. Because that's a that's. Are a, these just like people's dogs around the neighborhood that you're just going around <laughs> shooting? Like, um, it's unclear. the 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 guy that gives you the uh, the the side quest for shooting the dog says they're wild dogs, but uh, probably they're probably just people's <laughs> dogs. Um, but uh, like I. 
I don't know. Like, like there is a lot of charm there, and like the broken part of me um, wants to dig through it and map out everyone's movements, and because like they're in the first game, you could actually figure out who did the 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 murder pretty early if you keep track of people's movements. You couldn't solve like the the plot early, but you could figure out who did it because um, like you can tell. There's a character that's in this building at this time, but you can't actually see them, which means they're in the basement, and they implied the basement's where it happened. So, like, you can figure out who who did the crime, and I, I love figuring that stuff out, but it's just so janky and, and annoying mm-hmm. to, 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 to work through this shit. Um, but I'm going to see it through because I... I mean, it's just... It's so endearing when it works. It just never works. <laughs> um... I don't know. They the, the publisher said patches were coming. It's going to be too late for me. I'll be done with yeah. that game by this weekend. I think a lot of people will. People will either just give up on it or yeah, we'll finish it. Yeah, I mean, and maybe if it comes out on the PC or something, maybe there's a way like you can like because the original game ended up coming out at a bunch of different consoles and they made pretty significant changes when they did. Um, they turned it from like a Resident Evil Four control scheme to a more typical like. Uh, third-person action game where you have the the full control of the camera and it makes it a little bit easier to maneuver and um, like maneuver around the world and uh, the frame rate got better although it did start crashing which was hilarious but and, and Deadly Premonition 2 has crashed on me four times already uh, apparently if you turn on the auto save it tries to auto save as you're saving and it can just kind of break everything uh-huh. um, so it's recommended to turn the auto save off but um, and I lost an hour of, of progress because uh, of that one time, which was dope. Mm. Um, but there's also just a very, very buff, very powerful man that plays the saxophone in, in his tidy whities at the bar. Oh, yeah. That's where he named after himself. Uh, and of course. Like, I... And they play... And, like, I don't know if you know this, but, like, the song Amazing Grace, you know, the like the hymn from a billion years ago. Yeah. Like that song means a lot to me. Like it is like whenever it is used, it, it's just like makes me feel warm and safe. And you walk into the bar and they're just playing a really awesome jazz rendition of amazing grace, which also is a song that comes up in the first game in a really important moment. And, and you're just overwhelmed with all these feelings of, like, why is that man in his tidy whities And why are these three other people playing with him, pretending that's normal? <laughs> and why is the man that runs the bar saying, oh, God, he gave me my change and there was a hair on it, and I don't know where else he's keeping his money. Is this a pube? And and also, Amazing Grace is playing. And it's like, where else are you going to get this shit? This yeah. is amazing. But also, everything else. We brought like, it up a couple times. Japanese game developers just, like, don't care. There's just, like, a different culture with yeah, I, I, making games. I, I, like I don't what, know... What, what gets included in just the weird shit that they do. Yeah. Like, I've never known exactly what to prescribe that to, but like it is almost exclusively games that, that seem to come out of out of Japan that have that, I, I don't know how else to put it, but that energy. That's just like, why yeah. Why is all this happening at once? <laughs> why why, why, why is why does it feel... Why, it, it's kind of like... Um, uh, Yakuza with um, yes, y- Yakuza. Uh, is that the character? 
the dude that's just like running around in underwear in his tidy whities and he just he's just like hip thrusting and dancing like it, it just like weird shit happens in that game like like if uh like okay you look at like a like a an american-made game you know like mafia or uh you know the other like gangster games yeah. and like it's usually like they'll have like comic relief stuff in it but it's like you know it's like pretty tame like it's mostly about like the dark and like gritty like realistic action and killing and all the terrible shit that happens in like games or in yeah. gangs and mafias and stuff and then you look at like yakuza and it's like you have that in the sort of like the main story but then like the, there's the character like or the uh, comic relief stuff and then there's just the weird shit that's thrown in there just because it's it's a japanese game that's just like how they do stuff yeah and like i, I don't know I, I, again i don't know exactly what to prescribe it to but like in yakuza when they want to give you a tutorial for like how to like do the the brawling like change your stance in your melee combat it doesn't just say hey um um kazuma knows how to do wrestling maneuvers as well so you could pr- you should press the y button and-, and he'll start doing suplexes it's like a woman shows up like this 80 pound woman shows up and just fucking does brock lesnar shit to the dude that you were fighting <laughs> just fucking throwing them into a building and like an elderly grandma starts riding a bicycle and like gets suplexed but she just keeps riding her bike and does a flip like four flips in the air and lands on her bike and just keeps riding and Cosmo just looks at it all happen and goes oh my god that's sick and then it's like all right now now that Cosmo has seen this he wants to become a wrestler and so he's gonna try doing wrestling shit so you should probably press the y button yeah like, there, there's just a, like an like like a, an incentive for you to give a shit about what's happening instead of just an assumption that you're gonna want to engage with all these mechanics and and with the like billion fetch quests that they built in like I, I don't know <coughs> um but uh yeah I don't know I mean I got a lot of other daily premonition I could <laughs> well I'm it's looking just... at um, I'm looking at this toy box company and i'm just kind of laughing at like the disparity between the games that they've made so oh, they made, I, I, they made the two they demoli- like de- deadly premonitions um, oh did they do origins uh so there's deadly premonition and then deadly premonition 2 a blessing in disguise oh maybe they did make the first one i, I uh, thought that was a different house this is on giant bomb toy box company yeah like, i i think toy box maybe did the switch port but i i might be totally uh, wrong so but anyway it, uh, they publish those are the two games they've published and then okay. they have a big list of games that they've developed i see um but uh the both the deadly premonitions are on there too uh there's a lot of, a bunch of japan only titles but it's funny because like you know there's deadly premonition deadly premonition 2 uh, there's this other game that looks kind of dark, and then, like, there's another one, which is, like, a Ghost Hunter game, so that kind of looks dark. So they have their dark games, and then every other game they've developed is, like, super bright, colorful, graphic novel, like, chibi adventure games. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the difference between the, the two sides of this company is hysterical. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't. I guess you just kind of find the work where you can find it. Right. Um, 
like, like, I guess there's no room for the medium game. It's either, like, crazy, noisy, bizarre town, Silent Hill nonsense, or, like, happy porn PowerPoints. Yeah, that is kind of the, like, the trap that some indie, like, smaller, not even indie devs, but, like, the smaller game developing companies fall into, is they don't have, like priority over like what they do they're just they get contracted and they're like you're you're making this game so you get you get a a studio that's like really really talented they make a really good game that people love and then it's just like all right we're giving you you know 100 million dollars to develop the the new barbie game that's being licensed because we're putting another one of those out for money yeah someone's got to make the horsey game so yeah someone (laughs) someone has to make uh barbie horse adventure yeah and it's it's usually a studio. I, I I guess that makes sense because if you're like, you get say you're a studio game studio and you're you know you're like you're eh, say like twenty employees or something, and those twenty employees probably don't want to make Barbie Horse Adventure, but they do because it makes them money. Mm-hmm. So then to offset that, to make it so they don't go insane, they make like Doom as their <laughs> next game. You know, uh huh. They're like we. we yeah, I've seen too I mean... much pink and glitter and horses. I wanna I wanna kill demons. Yeah, I, I, who who knows, man? I I have when I am trying to write things, they all end up just kind of sounding the same. And if Chris were here, I would share that uh, in our Discord we, we talked about like, oh, one of our deep dives should be ult- building the ultimate final battle uh, or final boss mm-hmm. fight. Um, that came because I know that Chris is writing a um, a one shot campaign for D anD D or for. A role-playing game. I don't know if it'll be Dungeons and Dragons or not. He, you know, Chris likes to. It'll end up being experiments or something. Yeah, something weird, either weird and esoteric, or so lightweight that it might as well not be there, like uh, Dungeon <laughs> yeah. World or something. He does like his lightweight, basically nothing RPGs. Yeah, just like like here's an excuse for us to tell a story. Everyone, shut up. Just it, it, Chris is probably the only like game master that I would trust to do that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like, he I can see that. He, he would be good. He at is it. like he, he knows how to push and pull, and he knows his players pretty well. Like when I'm DM, when I'm when I'm DMing, I, I need the numbers to provide balance because I know I cannot. Um, I I tend to tip the scales towards what I want to happen, and I need a, a counterbalance to that. I know Chris really doesn't care. Um, I know he will let Krasimir die if 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 I let him. Um, but uh, like he he's writing a one shot campaign all around the idea of attacking and usurping God. So oh, he that's needed, what that was. Okay, he he needed some help with the final encounter. Um. So I guess you should look forward to that because that could be fun. Yeah. Um and I mean he's been I mean raging against the heavens has always been a trope that I've enjoyed just the way like how I was raised. Um and like both me and him played Japanese RPGs a lot growing up and Japanese RPGs are a 50/50 coin flip to either not have an ending or have an ending where you're fighting god. So <laughs> Yeah, and like much. most of the time, if you're fighting God, it's like an accident. It's like it, this was not it, what yeah, we set it just out to sort do. Of happens like you, there, there's yeah. always the like smaller villain that you think is the main villain, and then you end up defeating, and then it's like okay, now you have to fight God because they were you know they were working with God, and the God in this universe is evil and like controls everything. Yeah, 
And you're just like, oh, okay, I just figured this out five minutes ago, but okay, cool, I guess I'm killing God. Yeah, I guess all this other stuff with the, like, the the political conflicts between these two kingdoms and all of their interpersonal relationships, whatever, we just gotta fight this demon. Yeah. Fucking, fucking fine. What Um, was that, uh, Final Fantasy IX is like that? I believe you. I I think it's Final Fantasy IX where you, something, something like that. Sure, that sounds right. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 13 was kind of like that too 13 was kind of like they, that but thir- that they, was also they set it up plot. because you start yeah. the game off with being cursed by the gods yeah 13 the was whole... like hey the, the Lassie have fucked you yeah. so and then it's, you... It, you have to do what they say or else you'll die but you yeah. also want to stop them god man lightning rules yeah that was the I, I, it's funny because you were talking about deadly premonition to be like man this game sucks but i love the main character i was like that's the only reason i got through 13 yeah was because i loved lightning so much i felt like she was perfect in that role i i, I think I, i've talked I, about this before where like there's the scene i love is when they're all like sitting around like talking it's a very flawed moment for Lightning, but that's why I like it, because it gives yeah. her character flaws. She's not the t- typical main hero that, like, she's perfect in every way. But, like, all the, the main characters are sitting around, like, we're gonna we're gonna team up and be friends, and we're gonna we're gonna go fight the LC, the literal gods of this universe, because they cursed us, and they're bad. And then Lightning's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? We are going to die in, like, three days. I'm gonna go find my sister, I'm gonna go hang out with her for three days, and then I'm going to die. Because I'm going to spend my last waking hours in life with my family. My sister, who's my only family, who I love. So fuck yeah. all of you guys. Yeah, I, I... Part of me... I've always thought... i thought for a while now that I just need to suck it up and play 13-2 when Lightning Returns. Oh, yeah. Same. I, I, get, that, I, I get that urge to do that um, all the time. Like I watch one of my friends, he goes by Iron Chef on, on the the Twitch, Iron Chef USA, on <laughs> on, on, on the Twitch. Um, I guess there is a, there is an actual distinction there. I, I cannot say I'm caught up on my Iron Chef, um, but like thirteen two looks like a PlayStation or sorry, Lightning Returns looks like a fucking PS two game, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It's yeah, it looks so janky. I, I I've tried but... both of them. My problem with thirteen two was you don't play as lightning, you play as your sister, and it was significantly less interesting. <laughs> yeah, and, and some Australian guy. Yeah, you just you, he just shows up. I I didn't get far enough to learn, but like he looks like Fang, that female character from the first one. Oh yeah, she does. It, it, I... And so you're like, okay, are you related to her? Are you like her son? It's not that far into the future you should be really young if you are there was no love interest for that character in the first game so i don't know where you came from i I guess maybe she found a dude and settled down like are you completely unrelated because if you are that's really weird that you look exactly the same Mm -hmm. um and then uh, lightning's off being a valkyrie or something that's neat i want to see more of that okay we gotta we gotta follow the 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 new friends okay there's just they're chatting they're traveling through time oh god and then of course the third one is just hey lightning you're jesus that sounds okay oh yeah (laughs) within (laughs) yeah it's literally within like the first 10 minutes of the game 
Like, you do, like, the introduction, and then uh, you go to this, like, in-between world, and Hope is literally talking to you about God and how you need to save everyone's souls before the apocalypse. You literally become Jesus. Lightning is the Final Fantasy Jesus. It's hysterical. I, uh... I like Lightning a lot. Yeah, I do too. The... I oh God, I liked thirteen three. The problem is that it it is also it's on a timer. Yeah, and so yeah, if you want that. to do everything, you have to follow a guide. And I tried doing it, and I I messed up, and it sucks because like literally it, it like drags you along in the story, and if you miss something, it's just gone. Yeah, and it's like oh well, I fucked up. I can't do that now. And like I again like like I'm getting to the to a point in my life where like I. I remember when I was growing up, my dad would make fun of me for watching Let's Plays and stuff like that. Of like, why don't you just play the game for yourself? It's like, well, if I wanted to see all this shit, I would have to play the game like seven times. And I, I, I want to experience the story, but I don't... I Like, if I, if I fuck up and I miss one side quest, I don't want to spend another ten hours figuring it out. I'd rather just fucking see it put together for me. And, and I feel like I might just have to watch a good Lightning Returns LP or something. Yeah, maybe I'd do the same. I, I have both of them on Steam. Maybe one day I'll play through them. I'm pretty sure I do, too. <laughs> they're they're always on sale for, like, $3. Yeah. So I probably picked them up on a sale one day, but yeah. I I liked that world. It was really interesting. I liked Lightning. Uh, I wish the combat was better. Me, too. I, I ended up finding stuff that I, that I kind of liked about it, but... <clears throat> I mean... I don't know. I, I haven't been able to really get into any of the more active Final Fantasy combat systems. I like I wouldn't even call 13s active, but no, it, 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 it's, even then, um, it, it's a tra- like a traditional ATB. And I've been the same way. Like um, <clears throat> like 15 and the Seven remake have kind of a similar fighting style. I just I don't like it. It's yeah. It's a weird. It's like a middle ground between like an action RPG like Dark Souls. And like a traditional turn-based, uh, like RPG, and it fails on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, like like the the analogy that I saw someone bring up once that I don't I don't know that it's perfect, but it kind of made some stuff click in my head. Mm-hmm. Was it's like a MOBA character, but you're controlling them with a controller. Yeah, like, it it really is. Like I, yeah I. Because I've been playing, um, I, I, I was, I've been playing Fallen Order recently, and it just made me want to play Dark Souls again, because I never beat the third one, so I've been playing Dark Souls 3 again, and yeah. while that's probably my least favorite game in the series, it control it's just so much better than the sort of muddied middle ground that 15 and the 7 remake are. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I know I have some friends that really, really like how those games play, I, I maybe there is a way to, to wrap your head around it that makes some like they it's always said like you said to be a mix between the ATB which I do enjoy um and like real time stuff which I also enjoy but like I never think about it like an ATB it's just, you're it's this this is presented like an action game what yeah. am I not getting when I when I played um, the 7 remake I I got too into the mindset that it was a it was an action RPG 
So I would yeah. just be like wailing on things and then it would be like, oh no, you have to cast spells because there's certain things that are like weak to spells or like, oh, you have to, you know, cast healing. And I'm like, why do I have to cast healing? Like, I could just dodge the attacks, right? Well, when you go to dodge them, the dodge roll doesn't have iframes, so you just get hit anyways. So it's like, why do why do I bother dodge rolling? I uh, <clears throat> I should I I need to play the seven remake. I, I seven the seven remake. I was surprised by how well it was received. I'm really happy that the folks that have been waiting for it for so long seem to generally find stuff for them in it, 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 like, even if they don't Mm. necessarily like it. Like, I think the worst thing they could have done was make it a boring, straight remake, given how long it took to do. Um, I, I am still personally bummed out that they didn't find a way to make it more turn-based. It's honestly just making me feel like turn-based games have always been menu simulators and they're actually bad. Which I, if that's true, then I would my entire childhood was agree pointless. with that cuz at that point it becomes more about the strategy. Yeah. Uh, cuz it, it, it's like saying XCOM is bad cuz you just you just point and click. Well, yeah, but, you but, do I mean, move but around XCOM, in XCOM, which is it, the it, the it, difference. Yeah. It, XCOM is a chessboard, like, like yeah. Final, Final Fantasy, and like all those old turn-based RPGs are, um, like like a one D chessboard or something. Yeah. I guess. Like, I, I still it, think it becomes more about the strategy than your like your reflexes and your combat capabilities than anything yeah. else. Because then it it becomes like, can I hold off on healing this turn? Do I need to get some damage in? Do I have to like what spells do I use? It's more like that. Like um, I really like. The, the, the closest that I've ever been um, to really like like feeling engaged by one of those systems, at least in a long time, is the way that some of the Shin Megami Tensei games, your Personas and stuff like that, mm-hmm. figure it out. Because um, like Persona and the other SMT games, you need to plan your turns out really well or like you can beat things that are way over your level if you strategize correctly and you can get beat by things that are super low level if you fuck up um and i've always appreciated it but i i eventually you i mean you can overpower everything which i think is fine like i think being able to over like overgrind and max at all your levels is a tried and true like part of our history as a medium, yeah, and I, and I don't want to lose that, but like I don't know, like where where is uh, JRPGs had this huge boom in like the late '90s, early 2000s, and everything else has come back. Everything else is on a cycle, but those games, like we have character action games again. Like um, Ratchet and Clank is going to be on the PlayStation Five, and like, like all the other game types that I grew up with, like Crash and Spyro, are both back. Um, like Crash, literally, Crash Four is literally here. And like, where the fuck yeah, are my turn-based JRPGs? I where, where is the? I don't think w- every genre is immune to that sort of thing. I don't think everything is because, um, mm-hmm. like, one, we don't see the the turn-based menu simulators, the RPGs, uh, which I love. <laughs> I, I, you know, I love Final Fantasy Personas, kind of like that. Um, but we, like, real-time strategy is just dead. 
Real-time strategy is extremely dead. Yeah, it is. I They, they did the remaster of Red Alert. Um, that's really cool. I'm hoping people pick up real-time strategies again. And, like They'll be like, oh, maybe we should make some more real-time strategies. Because I, I, I enjoy real-time strategies. But um, yeah, I think it's just companies trying to appeal to a larger audience. And yeah. so if you put out... Like, Persona 5 did really, really well, but I don't think it did as... It probably didn't do as well as the 7 remake. So, if you you know, if you put a game out that's like, hey, this is a character action game, it's probably going to get... Or it's an action RPG, either way. It's probably going to get more of a following and a player base than if you put out, like, a hardcore, traditional, turn-based strategy game. Probably, but I'm I'm a curmudgeon. I, I, this, that's what I crave, although mm-hmm. I... I'm not about these fucking... I, I, I do occasionally get recommendations from old friends going like, Hey, hey, this guy made this made this RPG, and RPG maker. It's super deep. You should play it. Like, I, I'm good. I don't... Yeah, I, I, I get I kind of the same feeling. Because, I, um, I mean, I go back and forth. I play both types of games. Like, I played uh, the new Nier, which was, you know, a character fighting game... Or character action game, which was a lot of fun. I played Persona 5, which I absolutely loved. Turn, traditional turn-based strategy, um, turn-based RPG. Uh, play XCOM, which is a turn-based strategy. Um, I, yeah, I, I. It's sad to me that turn-based, like traditional turn-based, not ATV, because APD ATV is a lie. Um, it, <laughs> it's, it's totally turn-based. Why is the person who's not turn it is wailing on me? It's 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 to keep you on your toes, because in real combat. Um, they don't wait for you to take your turn. I'm like, well, D and D does it fine. <laughs> but then, well, but then Chris really wants to get into this Wild Hawk Initiative shit. Oh God, that just ruins the <laughs> Great no. Hawk Initiative. Oh God, I can't do. I can't everything. do another new initiative system. I'm sorry. You really don't want to do this one. Mike Merle's house of bad ideas is vast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you want I, to um... roll for initiative forty times in the middle of a fight? <laughs> Oh god, yeah, I um, I can't um, I, 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 it's terrible that traditional turn-based RPGs are going away. But yeah, everyone, I think it's just a popularity thing. I think people want character action games and fighting games and active, active games essentially, where you know it's a it it appeals to a wider audience, and that's kind of like what the gaming industry, like that's the note they're hitting nowadays is how big of an audience can we sell our product to which is a very you know it's a very capitalist corporate thing to do and it's not necessarily bad because they're gonna try to like perfect everything to get to a point where it's good because that's kind of what final fantasy does they release instead of like releasing like a tech demo they just release a full game with a new idea and then people critique it and then they're like okay the next one will do it better which but, Arguably, but the, the seven time, remake yeah. combat is better than fifteen. It was obviously inspired by it, mm-hmm. and so they just maybe maybe the next game that comes out, like Final Fantasy sixteen, will be like okay, it's a similar style, but it's better. So at, at the same time, like I, I would agree, like Final Fantasy, at least since like four or six, whichever the fuck, um like has kind of been the like they don't put out a new game or they have they don't start a new project unless they have like an in, like an innovation they want to make um but at the same time like final fantasy games don't come out like don't come out frequently at all anymore no like 
Final Fantasy 1 was 90, was 87, 2 was 88, 3 was 90, 4 was 91, 5 was 92, 6 was 94, 7 was 97. And like at that point that's already the largest gap, but like both the largest gap in terms of time but also in terms of like I would argue um like Final Fantasy 7 is probably the most influential JRPG ever just because it was like it wasn't the first 3D RPG but it like kind of made the JRPG the yeah, blockbuster sure. yeah definitely um and but even that like it only took him 3 years after making Final Fantasy 6 to make that happen and then Final Fantasy 8 was 2 years after that 9 was 1 year after 8 um 10 was 1 year after 9 was it really? and it, yeah wow. it, which actually that stuns me i guess they had um, to take it totally they were probably honest. developing it at the same time because they really wanted to take advantage it, not, of nine the ps2 is, yeah nine and ten definitely had to be happening at the same time um and then 11 i want to really count because it's kind of a different thing yeah i think they have like a different like studio that works on that same with yeah. 14 so like 12 came out five years after 10 um wow. Not or uh, thirteen came out three years after twelve, and then fifteen came out f- seven years after thirteen. And uh, I mean, I get between fifteen and the seven remake though isn't that long. That is not that long. Um, yeah, well, That's actually, a few so years. F- fifteen came out in twenty sixteen. Although. The seven remake came out early twenty twenty, so closer mm-hmm. to three years. Yeah, um, which on which... paper is a long time, but to us who are getting up there in years, yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I, oh god, Final Fantasy, that goes, that goes Final Fantasy so fifteen just Final Fantasy fifteen just came out. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, like that game is still in my room. Like, like I still remember. Man, I I want to like this car more. I like, yeah, I when I was playing fifteen, I, I was enjoying it. But I remember having the same conversation where I was like, man, I really wish I liked this more. Yeah. And I feel really bad that uh, Shibata, the the director, um, just kind of... I, I don't know exactly what happened. This is going to... like, I, I, The DLC is not happening. Like, like the story's not getting finished. Yeah. Um, which is a shame for the folks that were along for that ride. I, I wish I was on that ride, but I just... Couldn't. Yeah, I was the same way. Man... I don't know. I I I just I, I I liked the setup. I loved the sort of like four dudes that are just good friends going on a one last road trip to get their buddy hitched. Um and that sort of like um going across the Midwest like United States sort of road trip feel was really cool. And just like yeah. the wacky characters you meet along the way. That was all I loved all of that. I just couldn't get behind the combat. It was just so it was either just like mind-numbingly boring or incredibly frustrating. When that game got hard, I did not know why. Yeah, I, d- I didn't know what the fuck. It, yeah, it was either I'm killing, I'm wrong. just holding the auto attack button and killing things in two hits, or I'm just I'm one shot. Just like I walk into an arena, I get hit by something, and I just explode. Yeah. And then I, I was watching a friend stream it around the time when it came out, and he was he was fighting one of those like crazy mega bosses that like Final Fantasies have had forever, mm-hmm. where like you're fighting Omega like weapons the, uh, or something. Yeah, like fighting an enemy the size of a building, and 
the game's physics launched him halfway across the map, halfway <laughs> through the fight, and just, like, the fight stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and he had been doing it for, like, an hour and a half to that point. Yeah, that's one of those games and, and that I... he was so devastated. Yeah, that's one of the, one of those games that I wish I liked more. Yeah, me too. Just so I could finish I, it. Maybe I find a good a good playthrough of it. Same. And, and yeah, maybe. Maybe this is way. you and know. me are getting to the age where we're just like I don't I don't got time to play through this. <laughs> yeah, maybe I just I watch a playthrough. I, I was on my stream. I was streaming Daily Premonition two, and like people were asking me like, "Hey, are you going to play the first game? Like you it, you you know a lot about it. You should play." I was like, "Yeah." Or you can just watch this Let's Play. I know. He does what I would do. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't have time <laughs> don't for this. Have time, man. It's, you don't understand. It's it's like ten hours of content in like a fifty hour shell. It's stupid. I don't <laughs> like. I would love to do it, but I mean, why? Like, I don't know. I maybe I win the lottery at some point. Yeah, I guess it's ironic like, for like, me having because we're in the kind of the same boat. But you're actually still working from home. I'm literally. I have no excuse to not do anything. I mean, and ultimately, it's you can always find time for things that are important, yeah. right? It's just it, if I if I really felt that strongly, I'd probably do it. Yeah, but which, you're you know you're obviously having doubts about it. You're just like, eh, I don't really want to play through the first one again. Yeah, I mean, like like when I'm playing the second game and I'm like explaining, like, look, I don't know when this dude become the concierge, and this is everything. Every fucking side quest you got to figure out where is this guy? When is he there? I have, to, I have to look at the map, see where he is, start smoking for like an hour, figure out where he is now, pray the game didn't just teleport him, because there's a glitch in the second game where characters are not... They're not just where they're supposed to be after you're done smoking. They, they have programming that tells them to walk from their spawn point uh. to where they're supposed to be. And they don't have collision detection. So... <laughs> There's a character that that spawns all the way in the top of the map, and it's like it, it's Louisiana, so it's like one super tightly packed city, and then a bunch of swamp, and they are on the plantation way the fuck out there. So if you want to follow her around, you have to smoke and then wait like ten minutes for her character to actually walk to where she's supposed to go, and like you could do like some kind of triangulation of like okay. Five minutes ago, she was here. Now she's here, so she's walking in that direction, and she's walking this fast, so I can figure out she's going to the church. But again, it's math and science, and I don't—I love math and science, but that's what I do for money. Not you don't for, want to do it in your video game. Yeah, well, I, I do, but I—I I gotta save that juice for my job. Right, right, like, right. I don't know. I man, I want, I want, I want it to be done. Maybe by someone else. Yeah, I. Uh, it's something that I've been like toying, like an idea I've been toying with, because like I, I don't finish a lot of video games, um, and I feel bad about that. There's a lot of video games I wish I'd finished, and I'm yeah. like, I, I'm, I keep toying with the idea of just going back and playing the games that I want to beat, and just playing them on like the easiest mode possible, and just breezing through them in a couple hours. Yeah. Um, which is weird because, like, well, I don't care personally, but, like, there's, like, a whole subsect of people on the internet that are just like, lol, you're playing on journalist mode. It's super easy. Why why even bother with the challenge? It's like, because some games I just want to go through and I just want to play the game and feel like a badass. Like, I don't care to challenge yeah, I, myself. 
this is a totally incorrect usage of, of this term, but like we talked a few weeks ago of like things that are worth doing are worth doing poorly. Like, like <laughs> if you want to exercise, like even if you're not up for like the full thing, just like do it for 10 minutes yeah, or like do yeah. it poorly, no, actually get on the boat. And ultimately it's like, I, yeah, I want to know what the fuck happens in Legend of Dragoon. I, I, yeah. That game's been around for a long time, but I, I'm not going to sit there and level grind for 30 though. hours. Typically, JRPGs don't have difficulty well, levels. So JRPGs don't have difficulty, but you could just give yourself a bunch of levels. Oh, uh, that's be true. Like, hey. Yeah, if you're playing on an emulator, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I've watched you done that sometimes where you're like, I'm going to replay this really old game that I've played before, but like, I don't need to like actually play the game again, so I'm just going to turn on God Mode and like. I, I probably wouldn't go that far because I would still like a little bit of a challenge, but like. Oh, yeah. I want the possibility that I'm going to die, but I'm not really going to, you know, like, and then I could just breeze through a game and just complete it. Um, yeah, which, no, which I mean, goes back to the seven remake because we're, we were talking about it like uh turn-based and stuff. So they have a turn-based option in that game, but it's only available on the easiest difficulty, which is the literal, like, it's basically, it auto plays itself almost. Yeah. And I'm like, I really wish, it wasn't, because then I would just turn on the turn-based, and then that's all I would do, but then I would still kind of have, like, a medium challenge. But I don't want to play uh, on the it-just-plays-itself <laughs> difficulty so I could play a turn-based game. I, I was super disappointed, because when, the, when they first announced, like, oh, it's going to have the classic mode, um, Same. I thought, like, oh, maybe maybe they figured this out. Yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe they found the way. Uh, and, I, I was just like, no... Thing. I, I it's not really that, and mm-hmm. I, I like I'm glad it, I'm glad it's in there. Like I think the this weird I, I think it is valid if you want your your video game to be difficult, but th- this weird like it's perfectly valid. Like like that is part of the the art form, but um like there there is this weird fetishism around. I had a bad time playing this game for a while. It, I ugh, I I did it. Like okay, yeah, I, I, I yeah, because one of the one of the streamers I watch. Um, the one that I watch like literally every day, he, he, every time he plays a game, he has to pick the hardest difficulty. And if it has the option, um, where, you know, hardcore, like you die, you literally die and you have to start over like every time he'll without fail, he'll pick that. Cause it's just like, he has to like, that's, he gets enjoyment from that, which I, you know, I, I, I don't blame him for, like, if that's what you want to do, that's where you get your enjoyment, is literally, like, playing on the hardest difficulty, and if you die, you literally have to restart. That's yeah, cool, more no, power no. to you, but, like, I would never find any entertainment in that at all. Yeah, I'm never gonna say, like, man, why are you making this harder for yourself? Like, if that's what you want to do, like, if you want to maximize that for yourself, go for it. If I want to give myself, like, just constantly be ten levels above everything so I can just get to the fucking point... Uh, don't bother me like like i I, some friends that i have that have bigger audiences on on twitch back when and i think the biggest um case where this came up was animal crossing um and this happened to her where she was playing animal crossing and she was time traveling and there like there were folks that were bothering her saying like i time traveling ruins the game you're spoiling the surprises it's like i I'm bored and I want to get the fucking yeah. shovel. Like, shut up. A, like, especially as a streamer. Like, I never understood that, like, I, I never did time traveling myself just because I was like, oh, like, what I use Animal Crossing for is just kind of like I play it for a few minutes a day, do the, like, yeah. stuff, and then, you know, 
wait until tomorrow and then I have something to do while I'm on the toilet or like when I get out of the shower and I'm drying off, I usually just set it up and like play for a couple minutes at a time. But yeah. but as a streamer, you you do your 10 minutes of content every day and then it's just like, well, nobody's going to want to watch me just fish for 8 hours. So what if I just time traveled and we could do the stuff that we would do tomorrow? Like that makes sense as a streamer to me. Yeah, and like ultimately, like I, if if pe- some people get enjoyment out of like, because Animal Crossing is kind of just a doing stuff simulator. Like, like yeah, if I if I have a weird, dumb, obsessive urge to fucking jump through three months in a day to get all the the DIY recipes, like leave me alone like uh, like that's fine if you don't want to do it no one's saying yeah. you got to do it like if someone's going like hey i found out that on this day um like tom nook disappears and it becomes a, a, a crazy side quest that um it's a murder mystery yeah like the plot turns bad like if they're spoiling shit for you that's different but just let, let people do yeah. what they want there is man. a weird sort of like culture on the internet of like you need to play this game the way that i want to play it and that's strange to me. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that, like, when when I when I was a person who would, like, just... Before I started streaming and I was watching someone... Like, like there's definitely an urge of, like, oh, they missed the glowy orb over there. Fuck. Oh, man, it's gonna drive me crazy that they can't see it. But, like, it, it never crossed into the line of, like, me yelling at them about it. Yeah, I, I've had that a couple and, times with, with people playing games that I played as a kid and I know everything about. And I'm just like, no, you're gonna miss that, so whatever. Yeah, but, but like, you have to shut that shit down yeah. when it happens. Like, hey, I, if you're not having fun, go somewhere else. <laughs> There's, there are so many places on the internet where you can go where people There's do know this so thing. So many Twitch streamers, yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing this. If it's not for you, that's fine. Um, Man, this conversation about difficulty has me thinking about Monster Hunter. Tell me about Monster Hunter. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so so the new hunt came out. Uh, what the fuck is that? Uh, a, a new monster. Oh, got, 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 I, I thought that was like a content pack. I was like, wait, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's just, um, like the, it's just a new update. They just add a new monster into the game. Uh, it's a returning monster from some of the old games. Uh, I think it's a... Uh, pronounced Alatreon. The people in game pronounce it Alatreon, which is really dumb. So we call him Alatreon. So he's a he's an evolution. Um so <laughs> cool. so his whole shtick is he's an elemental dragon and he he can swap forms between ice, dragon and fire and then his elemental weaknesses change. So you want to bring element weapons which is like okay, uh, I you know any 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 weapon in the game can have an element. That's cool, but then they put this this uh, mechanic into the fight where uh, after a certain amount of time he just explodes and it does air like the entire arena worth of just the whole arena is hit and it just does a shit ton of damage and it kills you unless you deal enough elemental damage to him to weaken it. Hmm. So it's basically a DPS check for element. Yeah. So I, I a lot of... No other fight in Monster Hunter has a DPS check, but like some other RPGs and you know games and stuff have DPS checks, and that's fine. The problem with this one is that it's an element DPS check. So if you don't know how... 
Monster Hunter works, certain weapons are better and worse at applying elements. So you you played Gunlance as well, right? I would no, I was a um Oh no, you played uh Charge Blade. Charge Blade. Yeah, that's Charge right. Blade. Charge Blade is okay at applying elements, I believe. But so I played Gunlance and Gunlance is absolutely horrible at applying uh element. Basically Gunlance's shtick is to just ignore that and maybe do status, but like the whole idea behind it is you use your like big explosion shells that you shoot into the monster and that does damage. But that that's where like the majority of your damage come from comes from. But that damage doesn't count as element damage. So bringing a gun lance to the fight is like basically useless. Like you're hinder you're actively hindering your team because you're not dealing enough damage. <laughs> um. So then, let's say you manage to so you bring your your team brings the element damage weapons. And you hit him a bunch of times, and you topple him, and his 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 big Nova thing gets weakened. So he still does the big Nova thing, it just does a bit less damage. So then you still have to, like, eat healing items and, like, coordinate with your team to, like, heal through it, which is fine. But then when he comes out of it, he's in a new element, and now he's... So the strategy is you go in and you start... You bring ice weapons, because he starts in fire. So then you beat him up with ice in the hopes, like, it applies faster because he's weak to ice. But now, after his explosion, he's in ice form, and he's immune to ice. And now the loop cycles again, where you have to damage him enough to break his uh, his his giant explosion. And if you don't do it, you die. But now he's immune to the weapon that you brought. So to get around that, you have to break his horns. And when you break his horns, he can't change elements so if you don't so there's two failed states in this fight already uh-huh. if you don't break his horns he swaps elements and then you don't deal damage to him and if you don't deal enough element damage to him he just kills you outright that sounds I mean so I, I really feel what you're saying about just wanting to feel like a badass because <laughs> I really liked playing Monster. I, I I love Monster Hunter World, but oh, I do too. Like, like if I ever have to coordinate with, like, I never played multiplayer. If I have to coordinate with other people to be able to kill a thing, I, I'm not going to be into this it. This is like, the only fight in this game that is like this. Uh, uh, the Behemoth, the Final Fantasy 14 crossover, was the other one, but that wasn't mm-hmm. like like part of the main game. Like when you killed Behemoth, you just got like cosmetic. Like it's basically bragging rights. Um, but this one is, like, an actual monster that has, like, armor and weapons that, like, you should kill because, you know, you want to get stuff. Yeah. Um, this is the first monster that has had, like, MMORPG mechanics in it, and it is fucking terrible. And it's it's really annoying because it has created this, like, massive, like, um, I'm trying to think of what the, what the word, a, a divide in the, the game's community because half the people are like, oh my god, like, I can't, like, me, are just like, I can't beat this. Like, I've I've, I've studied this monster, I've done what people have told me to do, I've changed up my build, I've changed weapons, I've learned this fight. I have shot so many arrows into this thing, and I just cannot kill him. 
And on the other side, you have the people that are just like, you know, this is what Monster Hunter World was fucking missing. Like, it was too casual before, but now we have this real challenge. Like, if they nerf this, I'm fucking leaving. Like, you guys who can't beat them are just bad. I mean, <clears throat> like you said, if it wasn't a... Like, like here is the content drop, here is the new fight, here is the thing... Like, if there was, like, a super-tempered, hardcore version of this fight... So they, they have difficulty levels, which is what I don't get. Because, like, you can have the normal fight be, like, um, like a good introduction that, like, pretty much anyone can beat. And then you have tempered, which is harder, harder, and then you have arc-tempered, which is even harder. So I don't know why people aren't just like, oh, yeah, make a normal... Make the three levels, like... The, there's this weird culture of wanting your the game that you play to be really hard and impressive so that when you tell people about it, like, I don't know, that you they're impressed or something. But, like, I, I, I don't understand why they don't utilize the difficulty levels. Because then, like, I could just be like, hey, I beat this on normal. I have no desire to try beating this on Arc Temper, the ultimate hardcore. But if you beat it and you have, like, a challenge run where you do it naked, like, that's super cool. All... I am all for that, and I'm super proud that you did that, but I want to be able yeah. to just beat this thing. Yeah, give them some kind of super golden version of the armor. Give them, yeah. give them, a, give them a badge to achieve for. That's usually like, I, usually what happens. It's usually like a cosmetic thing or like a, you know, some kind of charm. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I, I've never... Maybe it's just because I've always sucked at everything, um, but like I've never t- like tied my... Uh, like like any aspect of of like my ability to beat a hard video game into any aspect of my personality, I, I go the other way. I I know all the dumb lore and I tie that into <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess like we, what do you mean you don't you don't know that Kaim is red eye? <laughs> you fucking yeah, I, I guess life. we we kind of the same way. Like I feel for the guys that are like um, have been in the Monster Hunter fandom for like since the beginning because the games have always been super hard. And there, yeah. I guess there was a lot of people who were, like, looking for that same sort of challenge. But Monster Hunter World was kind of designed from the ground up to be approachable. Because a lot of the past Monster Hunter games were just not new player friendly. And that was kind of the idea behind uh, uh, World and Iceborne. Um, if they had released this monster and they had just said, like, hey, this is another behemoth. Like, this is, like, a super hard monster. And they had, like, advertised it as, like, hey, not a lot of people are going to be able to beat this. You're going to have to coordinate with your team and, like, do all this stuff. And, like, it's really, really hard. You know, and, like, this is going to be a challenging monster. Then I'd probably be okay, more okay with it. But they just sort of advertise as, like, hey, the new monster's here. Go kill it. And they're just like, you guys can do this to kill it. And then it's, it's not really difficult the individual fight kind of is because he does a lot of damage and he has a lot of things that just like knock you on the ground and then while you're on the ground he just kills you and you just can't move um but in my group of four that we've been playing we more often than not fail one of the dps checks one of the the insta fail mechanics either we don't do enough elemental damage or we don't break the horns in time and it feels really bad when you play perfectly. You dodge all of these like massive AOE skill shots that are flying at you. You heal through all of the damage you take, and then the game just arbitrarily goes, "Okay, you failed." Yeah, because you didn't you didn't do this. It's like, well, I was literally wailing on this thing for an hour, like, and you're just gonna turn around and say I failed. It it feels really bad. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I think this is just a, like mostly a matter of balance and communication. Like, like it, it, I I also want the folks that have been with that have kept Monster Hunter going for over a decade, like almost two decades at this point, to to get that shit that they need. But yeah, I mean, Monster Hunter World is the biggest game in the history of Capcom because of the changes mm-hmm. they made. Like, if they just made another Monster Hunter. Like I, I do not know what the what the stakes were for that thing, but like I can't imagine the odds of a new Monster Hunter coming out after this one are any lower because World exists. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I don't know. It, it's hard, and I, I wish, um, as someone who has seen things that they care about very deeply, um, go in more in directions that I considered more sterile. Near. Um, in the name, yeah, in the name, <laughs> in the name of inclusivity, mm-hmm. and, and more, more Dragon Guard because Dragon Guard Two is Final Fantasy slot schlock. It's garbage. <laughs> um, like, imagine a near Dragon Guard game where the protagonist gets kissed by a girl and he gets so flustered he becomes an angel and kills all the demons. Like, what? That is some fucking horse shit. <laughs> He he should have been like kissed, and then the girl should have bit his tongue out on accident, and then he should have went to hell or something. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like like it, it uh, Dragon Guard. I mean, Dragon Guard Three is worse, but it's just ugh. yeah. But um, there was so much more in near uh, Automata that you got to appreciate that I was just sort of like, whoa, this is like mystical world building. I bet this means something, and you were like, it does. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I I do like Replicant and, and Gestalt the, the first near better than the second, but I I got I understood why they were he, he it went where it went. Mm-hmm. I, I it was really more although I I don't know like, like I guess now that I think about it like they're so near Atomina does have some because Yogotaro is a storyteller who who is actively looking to make you feel bad, but also is still a weird, a weirdly optimistic person. Um, but there is design, like a part of the, the way that he designs stuff is inherently trolly because like, and he said before, like, yeah, I think the final boss, the final encounter and a thing should be hard and maybe you can't beat it. And also if you want to get a hundred percent completion, you're fucking dumb and I'm gonna make it stupid and your reward's gonna be bad. <laughs> and like Drakengard and Nier both have really hard to get final endings that are in Drakengard's case a giant troll and in Nier's case extremely depressing. Like it, when I got the final ending of the first Nier, I did not think a sequel was even possible. Um, when the subtitle to that game was announced, it was immediately clear because mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but when near near Automata was announced, it was near, and then the subtitle was blocked out. It didn't say what the subtitle was. I don't remember that. Um, yeah, at the Square press conference, it was like the the word Automata was like in like crazy computerized jumbles. They they didn't mm-hmm. announce what it was, and the reason for that is the subtitle to that to that series is always like the state of humanity. Like uh-huh. the Gestalts and the replicants in the first uh-huh. game are where humanity is, and and by the time it gets to Automata, it's in the machines and the androids. And so I guess that makes it the subtitle makes it really obvious to a near fan what is going on. 
Yeah. Whereas for so, me, general audience who had no idea what Nier was before, and we're just like, oh, this game looks neat. It's made by uh, Platinum. They make really good action games. They're just, I was just like, this is a title. Yeah. Which, and I'll say this, I, I don't think I've told this story on this podcast. And at some point, obviously, we're going to do a near deep dive. We're, we're going to talk about Yoko Taro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I tried to find it. I'm trying to find it. I swear to God, at some point when I, like in like 2012, I was in this room right now, the room that I'm in, and just thinking about Nier, because I liked that game a lot, and it was never going to come back. And I was like, if they ever make a sequel, it's going to be called Nier Reincarnation, because uh, Nier, spelled backwards, is the first four letters of Reincarnation, <laughs> and they can't just not do that. And I literally wrote it down, and the the, the phone game that's coming out, the, the story-based phone game that's coming out, is called Nier Reincarnation, hey, which... called it. It, uh, like... Reincarnation is actually really weird and optimistic and mm-hmm. and and positive, given that oh, wh- what are we doing? H- humans are getting reincarnated. That could go really bad. That, like, I was gonna say that's gonna like start off really optimistic, and then Yoko Taro is gonna somehow fuck it up so that it's super sad and depressing. Yeah, all we know so far is that you hang out with a ghost friend and you are going somewhere called the Cage. Oh, that um, sounds really uh, optimistic. So. So we'll see. Um, and then they're also remaking the first game, which yeah, I, I can't I fucking will probably believe play it. it. Um, they're not remaking it with my angry dad, though. It's just, it's just with Anime Boy. Mm. But I guess that's okay. Is that the um, like? There's the first one, and then there's Gestalt or something. Yeah. So the first, the first near game uh, came out in two versions: Gestalt and Replicant. Mm-hmm. So Gestalt, they both came out in Japan, uh, and like the reasoning behind it was that like western audiences are gonna want a more older gruff dude uh to be the protagonist and uh anime loving folks like their crazy kawaii boys i don't know if i use that term right whatever uh um, close enough the 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 main protagonist in anime is always like a teenage boy yeah shonen I don't Sh- know. yeah shonen um but uh like so basically nothing else changes in the plot it's just either the girl that is sick that you have to save is either your younger sister or your daughter. And you are either a gruff old man father or a teenager. Um, and the only version that's getting remade is Replicant, which is the one with the, the boy. Um, I I am... I'm not nervous because I'll always have Gestalt. I'll always have the original. Um, but if it is going to be the boy, they can't use the same voice lines as they did in Gestalt uh, for the English dub. Uh, because they all refer to him as an old man. <laughs> and the voice cast of the original Nier is, like, pitch perfect to me. But it's, like, Liam O'Brien and Laura Bailey. Oh, shit. Um, and, like, Liam O'Brien is uh, Grimoire Vice, and Laura Bailey is Kaine, two of the main characters. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, 2010 Laura Bailey does not have the clout that 2020 Laura Bailey has. <laughs> I don't know that they can afford her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we lose, like, if we lose, uh, Liam O'Brien and, and Laura Bailey, that's fine. Original Kaine and Grimoire Vice will be in my heart forever. Um, they're probably going to get Emile's voice actress back because they got her for Automata, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not nervous. We'll see what happens, but I, I, yeah. Yoko Taro has also said, like, someone asked him, are you going to put in a new ending? Because there is a canonical fifth ending that's not in the game, but it's in a book. It's in a guidebook somewhere. <laughs> and um, 
It's like, are you going to put in that ending? Because one of the, the key arts kind of sort of look like it's in the location where that ending happens in. And it's kind of a way to bridge Gestalt and Replicant, kind of, maybe, if you're stupid, like me. Um, but uh, someone asked Yoko Taro, like, is there going to be a new ending? Is there going to be new content? And he's like, I'm not done writing it. I don't know. <laughs> How do you not so, fucking know yet, you dick? Uh, so, so the game's the same, it's just the, the protagonist is different? Uh, yeah, no, The this game, the story, literally everything is exactly the same. It's just whether or not you are the sister or the father. Like, everything else happens you exactly mean the, the same. The, the kid or the, the, the older guy? So, uh, there's a young girl that's sick. Um, and that young girl is either your younger sister, oh, so you are... Oh, I see. Okay. You're like a teenager. Got it. Yeah, you're, you're like a teenager and the girl's your sister, or you're an old man and the girl's your daughter. Got it. Okay. Um, th- that is literally the only difference. Okay. Um, and it was just a marketing thing for Western audiences. <laughs> it seems to be the case, yeah. Um, and, and so, alright, I... Free to play garbage. Um, <laughs> so... So I'm playing Sino Alice, Sino Alice. Uh, I don't yeah, know how the, the fuck you the, say it. The one you were telling me about, Yoko Taro. It is a Yoko Taro produced, directed something. I'm, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what his involvement is. He is involved in the story uh, of this free to play garbage, and starting in about one hour, it's gonna. The only reason why I'm playing it, and it is, it's better than I thought it was gonna be gameplay wise, but it is way worse than I thought it was gonna be plot wise. Which is a bummer. <laughs> um, but uh, the only reason why I picked it up, obviously, is because my son Emil is a, a, a character that you can pull out of the gotcha system. Mm-hmm. And that collab starts in like an hour from now. So so there's um, a hard cutoff to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just fucking do it here. Right. I don't care. Like, like if, if I get really sad in about an hour, then then you'll know I didn't pull Emil. Um, or I have to start giving my money. Pack opening podcast. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's basically all I have to say about that. But do, do you want to hear about the, the trials and tribulations of my son, Gogeta? Uh, have you heard about this? In your free-to-play DBZ garbage? Yeah. What happened to Gogeta? Alright. So, I wasn't playing Dokkan Battle. The Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle, the free-to-play garbage for Dragon Ball. The original one, the one where you, you pop bubbles, not the one where it's like a shitty fighting game. Uh, that's Legends. Um, but uh, I, I wasn't playing it that much in 2019 because I was trying to get a new job and I, I, I was trying to make shit happen. It was before COVID, you know? Mm. It was before we weren't allowed to leave our fucking house. What houses. was that world like? I, man, the distance between 2016 and March and the distance between March and now feels the fucking mm-hmm. same. It's wild. <laughs> um, but, uh, like... I, I so I, I I've been playing Dokkan Battle for the last maybe four months ever since March, uh, just as something to do when time gets slow, um, and like I've been building up the Dragon Stones, I've been building up the free currency because every year they have their anniversary event, and their anniversary event is actually, I mean it's not hype, but. Like, like, they always have a couple of cool little surprises for the people that have played every year. Um, like, this year they had a bunch of weird, like, baby Vegeta characters that you could get <laughs> for free. Um, and, like, a baby Broly from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, all you have to do is, like, play the game for, like, maybe 45 minutes and you can get them. And 
max them out. And it's just, it's just dumb little cool art, just a little thing to do. Um, sponsored by dumbass whales like me. Um, but I've been saving all my stones because in uh, about a week ago, they had the fifth anniversary and it was... It's always just they have a, a brand new banner where uh, the odds of you getting the new character are slightly better than getting any other character. So you better spend all your money now because you'll never get him any other way. And uh, it's it, it was a new Gogeta and a new Vegito. Um, if you don't know, you know Goku and Vegeta, right? It's the the fusion characters. Yeah, so, so which fusion is Gogeta and which fusion is Vegeta, uh, Go- do you know? Gogeta, Gogeta is Goku and Vegeta. Good. And what's the other one? Vegito. Vegito? Yeah. Um, Vegeta... I don't know any DBZ characters. That one with O... And it's actually funny because there are none. It's Goku also. Wait, what? <laughs> Vegito doesn't make any do, sense. Do so they just stand on opposite sides when they fuse? <laughs> that would actually be That would be cool. really funny uh, if there were two so... separate characters and they were like, wait, no, Vegeta, we don't want Gogeta, we want Vati- Vegito. I, I've never thought of, I've never thought stand of that before. Stand on my left That's... side. Or stand on Fuck, my right side gonna, so that you're the first gonna one. That's going to have to... Yeah, the Wait, one no, closer no, to the equator. Japan, they, re- they read right to left. Stand on my, stand exactly. On my left. Exactly. No, no, the one closest to the equator <laughs> is the dominant precise <laughs> persona or whatever. So, no. So, what it is, it's both. they're both Goku and Vegeta. Okay. Um, it's just they use different mechanisms to fuse. So, Goku learned when he was in space um, after Namek exploded... A technique where you you do the fusion dance, right? Um, you that. and a partner uh, do a bunch of weird fake martial arts forms uh, that end with you both uh, like bending to the side with yeah, your fingers pointed fingers. at each other. Um, and if you do it perfectly and your bodies are symmetrical and shit, you become a new person for about half an hour. Um, and all the people that do the fusion dance, uh, they all have this weird like genie looking outfit. Um, uh, with like baggy pants and a and like a, a vest with no shirt, um, and like they they all have the same, like they're all based around the the alien species that made the fusion dance in the first place or something like that. Um, Vegito is is formed completely, and that form the fusion dance form only lasts for about half an hour. Um, the Vegito is completely different. Um, so you know you know the Kai's like like King Kai yeah the gods basically yeah the gods they they have earrings right mm-hmm. and and if if a mortal puts on the left earring and another mortal puts on the right earring the two earrings just shove the two souls uh, together I have seen I I don't know where I've seen that before but I have maybe in like Fighter Z or something I... like like one of the Weird, because like Vegito is a pretty popular character, even though because did they do Vegito that in the Boo Saga? Yes, that that is the first time the put. It's called the Potara Fusion because the, the Potara earrings. You or some? I think it was the streamer that I watch every day play the um whatever that DBZ game that just came out recently yeah, was Kakarot. Yeah, yeah, I, I never Kakarot. got to the Boo Saga, so, okay, I, yeah, so it definitely it was wasn't. Yeah, me. that's where I saw um, it, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, so. It, it, uh, Generally, it seems like Goku is the dominant persona in Gogeta because he's not a straight murderer. 
Um, although he does kind of try to murder Broly. Um, and and uh, Vegito is cool because Vegito is pretty clearly the dominant persona. So, like, he is freakishly powerful, but he also is a total dick. Um, like, he... Boo famously turns Vegito into candy. And uh, Vegeta... Vegito is such a dick that it's like even though he lets himself turn into candy so we can beat the shit out of Majin Buu as a piece of candy <laughs> um and Dokkan Battle is cool because like it it'll play with that like one of the April Fool's characters was like Candy Vegito like it's just like you can't even see him in the game it's like one sprite like one brown sprite flying flying everywhere <laughs> but he's actually kind of useful because he's got a thing where because he's a piece of candy he's really hard to hit so, like, 80% of the time, he just takes no damage. So, you can kind of build teams around him. It's dumb. <laughs> um, so, anyway. And, and uh, the Potara earrings were originally supposed to be permanent fusions, but then they just kind of said, ah, they're not. Fuck it. I, we want to have a Vegito scene for five minutes, and we don't want to explain this. So, whatever. They just stop working after a while. Uh, maybe because they use so much energy. Because at that point, Goku and Vegeta are stronger than the gods, so their earrings can't hold them together. That's nonsense. Or something. Um, anyway, there's a new Gogeta and a new Vegito, so I, I threw all my money at him. Mm-hmm. Obviously. obviously. Well, all, all my in-game money. And then other money. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, I got Google Play Platinum, which probably shouldn't have said that, but yeah, I don't. I spend... I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, so... I should I should get my reward. I think I think I have my weekly Google okay. Play I, Platinum reward. I will make fun of you for wailing on free to play garbage uh, while I wail on League of Legends for some reason. Because <laughs> that that really cool skin came out for that character that I haven't played in like two years. But maybe one day I'll get that character in in a, in a random game where you you play as a random care. Everyone plays with a random character, and then I'll be mm. really mad if I don't have that skin. I, I want. I just want Rise to look like America. Yeah, I got that. I, <laughs> I got that skin out of a box actually, just recently. He looks like Uncle Sam, and he carries yeah. around the Declaration of Independence. Oh God! I Spe- did not realize that's what that was. God, speaking of, I watched. Um, I want. I I wanted to watch a a movie last night. I think it was last night. Yeah, I I don't know. Days are blending together. It might have been last night or the night before. Uh, after or June, our fucking whatever, our like several hours of uh elatrion attempts i wanted to wind down with a movie and so i made some popcorn and i watched the most popcorn movie i could think of um olympus has fallen yeah that that sounds like a movie where if you don't want to care about things for a while yeah it was it was you know you're not going to care about anything uh, it, in that it movie it was man i i could analyze this movie cuz there was there was a lot good with it and a lot wrong with it but like it was just one of those like turn off your brain and eat some popcorn movies and it was really good for that uh it was basically a a not north korean not south korean but definitely korean private military that wants the koreas to go to war again for some reason uh take over the white house through a convoluted plan of uh, lots of gunfire and then uh, one of the president's uh, secret service bodyguards has to like 
Metal Gear Solid his way through the White House and, like, kill all of the not-North Korean, not-South-Korean Koreans um, while being an American and then save save the day. I, this is weirdly close to the plot of Killer7. <laughs> like, one of the seven plots of Killer7. Um, where, like, I, I almost want to care, but I still don't. Yeah. Uh, I, well... It, it, <laughs> When you're watching it, you care because it's like, oh my god, they're gonna kill the president of the United States. But when you like actually like cross analyze it, you're like, okay, well at this point, uh, the president would be considered dead. All of the codes would be changed. Uh, we would go down the lines. Okay, so the speaker of the house is now president. Uh, they would do this and then this and then this and then literally this entire convoluted plan that this private military terrorist group has planned out would just be completely null and void. You know what we should do? We we should just we should do a deep dive maybe next week of just I I, I just plainly tell you the plot of Killer Seven. If you want to have that in the list of your uh, what, what is yeah, just, Killer, I, Killer Seven is uh, is that, that's uh, a movie. Suda. No, it's a video game. So uh, Suda Fifty One's weird GameCube game that looked like a first person shooter, but it wasn't super cell shaded uh, oh that, that's the one that had like the the motion controls really prominent right uh it was on the gamecube i don't think oh so. no that was um, on what am i thinking of it, it it should have been motion controlled but it wasn't um a wii version would have been really cool anyway um was gerard bartler in that uh, oh yeah i remember this game i never played it but i do remember Good, when it came out <laughs> Even if we, even if you had played it, the plot <laughs> you wouldn't know. Um, I, I I did the thing that we talked that we advocated for earlier of just I have a let's play of it by a guy that I trust and I've watched it every couple of years because mm-hmm. because it's interesting when I just when I just need to remember like oh yeah um, it turns out that a, an elementary school in Seattle uh, where George Washington was the uh, was the chancellor. Even though U.S. schools don't have chancellors, and Seattle was not in the United States at the beginning of the country, um, actually controls the entire all the presidential elections um, because it's the best school and it's got fifty five thousand criminal students, and and um, the 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 Department of Education controls the elections because every election place, every polling place is in a school. So every president works for this elementary school, and then one of the plot twists is that you are the president. It's anyway. Um, <laughs> I've spoiled maybe two percent. Excellent. Of the plot. It's maybe maybe fine. we do that. Maybe that's one of our deep dives. I do like the deep dives anyway. where we just like we just go on a deep dive about like something that we either enjoy or know a lot about, and it's just the other me and the other, like the other two just like sitting there, just like oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean this one. I don't. I don't know that I'll be able to explain anything. I just feel like just throwing you guys into the just water, getting just it like, off your chest. Like, hey, turns out that guy and that guy—they're both dead and also the same mm-hmm. person. But also, they killed each other. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, it's... sorry. Back to the the movie. Um, basically, they go through this convoluted plot of taking over the White House and kidnapping the president, and the only reason they get that far is because of the complete uh, um, incompetence of literally everyone else. 
like like there's a scene where they pull up in uh they have uh like garbage trucks that they like pull up in front of the white house and then they like they blow the concrete underneath them so that they like sink into the asphalt and just become like giant like immovable objects and then they open up like the side panels of the uh the garbage truck beds and then they just have like mounted machine guns and then they just start mowing the front of the the white house lawn and while they're doing that, like, right before they do that, like, a hundred Secret Service agents are just, like, sprinting out the front door of the White House because there's, like, an army of, like, private military people, like, storming the lawn. And, like, these two machine guns just open up, and then for, like, a like a five-minute scene, the main character's, like, yelling, yeah, like, like, no, get back inside, and then the Secret Service are just filing out one by one onto the White House lawn, not taking cover, and shooting across the White House lawn at these machine gun emplacements with 9mm pistols, and just mowing, getting mowed down, and it's like, what are you doing? And that's basically the whole movie, is the main character is really, really good, and he's basically Solid Snake, and then everyone else around him is incompetent. Yeah. And like, no, I, I, I think it, it's it's a popcorn movie. I don't know why I'm trying thinking about it because I was like, when I was watching it, I was like <laughs> analyzing people's motivations, and like one of the guys is a traitor, but he's his motivation isn't built up. It's literally just he's mad at the president because it costs money to be a president, and he took money from corporations to run his campaign, and it's like you don't you don't know who this guy is until halfway through the movie and you're just like wait this is what what is your motivation i don't know anything about you and then there's like the the prologue of the movie the intro of the movie is the president's wife dying by getting in a car accident and their car like the president gets pulled out and then the car like goes into a frozen river and it's just like that doesn't come up ever again it's just the president has a dead wife cool <clears throat> I, I I don't know why I, 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 I was overanalyzing this movie while I was watching it, but I was. I mean, if if I'm ever at a point where it's just I'm sitting in a room in the dark for like four hours and nothing has happened, I, I guess I can turn this movie on. Like it seems like a a good situation for that movie. <laughs> I, I mean, if you like stupid action movies, yeah, yeah there's because no, I've always seen them because there's three movies in the series and they're like insanely popular for some reason so i was like hey maybe there's something here and i think it's just it it's literally america masturbating like there's <laughs> one yeah, one it's no, like I, overly I, I, violent and like it's cool it's it's shot fairly well there's some pretty good action sequences um but there's like like if you like movies and tv shows that are all dramatic and it's like we're in the you know the the panic room and the the heads of state are all talking and they're like oh we need to do this and then it's like something starts beeping and it's like oh my god what is that it's like oh my god they've activated the nuclear launch codes it's like if you like that kind of movie that's what it is but there's a scene where they're interrogating um the secretary um the the, the council secretary i can't remember what that position is uh for her like side of the nuclear launch codes um and like they 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 basically beat it out of her and then like the president's like just give it to him like they won't get mine they have two well they'll have two but they need the third one which is mine and i won't give it to them um 
And then so as they're dragging her away, she's reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'm just like, really? (laughs) I'm like, this is... You have this, like, really serious, dramatic, like, action movie that's trying to take itself seriously. And then you throw in this really campy, like, overly patriotic bullshit. It's like, I, you know, I I love this country. It has... I love it for its faults and its, you know... it, It... it has its ups and downs, but, like, I, I'm i not going to sing the Pledge of Allegiance when somebody's trying to interrogate me, you know? Like, yeah. I don't, and I don't think the secretary of uh, the cabinet, or the cabinet secretary, that's what the position was, is going to sing the Pledge of Allegiance because she's being interrogated by terrorists. Like, come on. It, it was it was it was a really funny scene because she was like shouting that, it that and actually, she was like kicking and screaming and it was like oh my god the realization funny. was oh my god you're singing the pledge of allegiance especially because the pledge of allegiance is such a, like a like a um just like a silly thing. I, I, that sounds really good. It, it, it was it was <laughs> it was magical. Like there were there were so many scenes of incompetence where like. The dude on the inside, the uh, um, the, the uh, Secret Service bodyguard, was like, they were gonna send in like the Navy SEALs and like attack helicopters and have them like rappel onto the roof and then infiltrate. And he was like, "You need to call up this operation because they have this thing. Uh, they have this secret weapon tech called the Hydra." And then the uh, the like military general was they they were asking him like oh what is that he was like that's our technology how do they have access to that and the, the dude on the inside was like you need to call off this attack and the general was like no we'll just deal with it and then it's this like giant missile platform with machine guns that pops up out of the top of the dome on the White House and just starts mowing down the the helicopters and they all crash and they're just like oh my god how could we have known that the seals would have failed in the face of this this advanced weapon technology and then they turn on the phone and to the secret service guy and they're like, you're our last hope to save the president and i'm just like oh my god what the fuck is happening so um i i, I hate to introduce whiplash but my son gogeta is in space and he's getting cold <laughs> No, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to end my discussion. <laughs> Olympus is falling. <laughs> oh god, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the two follow-up films. Uh, one of them's yeah, one of them's London has fallen, which I can only assume is the president goes to England. And there's gonna be a shit ton of like English puns, and they're all gonna have terrible oh, no. English accents. And then oh no, I, number four is in trouble or whatever yeah, the fuck yeah, whatever the yeah, I don't know what the prime minister. I, I, I don't know if that's, like, a huge thing over there, if they put as much emphasis on the importance of their prime minister as we do on our president, but, like, man, if the, if the president was being held hostage and interrogated and had a gun to his head, like, our government would sell him out in, like, a second. Re- regardless oh, yeah. of it, it, not commenting on current uh, administration, no, but no, literally it, whoever it is, they'd be like, that man's dead? No, I mean, like you said, this system is meant to be extremely insular. Yeah, it, it, it is it, designed to cut off the problematic we parts only have and just fill that it person in. is only the most important person in our country for four to eight years. The system is built around that idea that it will be somebody else. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why we don't put the president, the vice president, the speaker of the house, and and president pro tempore, the senate, on the same plane. Right. Like we. 
like it's grim it's grim business but it's the business of the country yeah it, it um, <laughs> but yeah it was so, just uh I'll, I'll report back on the uh, the other two when i watch them yeah no absolutely um, so uh um, i, I, I want to mention really quick here i'll bring it up next time when chris is here because he was the one that told me to watch it but i did watch uh guns akimbo the uh daniel radcliffe has guns strapped mm. to his arm movie yeah, uh, I, I I actually do want to talk about that one. Have you seen it? I haven't it? watched it yet. Oh, okay. No, I haven't. But no, yeah, I think Chris... Uh, okay, well, you should watch it because it was actually surprisingly very good. Yeah, no, I, I want to. Maybe it's just because that meme is really funny. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. It It is actually a really good movie. I was genuinely surprised at how good it was. It's over the top. It's really stylistic. It's... It's like John Wick meets uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay. I, so I like both if, those if that things. gets you in on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like both yeah, of those no, it was. Those, I, those I thought it was just both... going to be like a stupid like indie Sundance film. Because Daniel Radcliffe kind of does those movies where it's just like a weird concept. And that it just shows at indie festivals and people go crazy over them. Uh, which it kind of is, but it's better I, I don't know how else to explain it. With I, I don't want to say too much more if you're going to watch it, but yeah, well, yeah, you should no, watch that, it. That I think Chris cool. should watch it, and we should all talk about it because I thought it was really good. Yeah, no, that that sounds cool. Um, so I, I'll I'll run through the the ballad of Gogeta pretty okay. quickly. So, in short, um, I, I did I did a, I, I recorded me doing all my pulls with all my free gems, and it's on. I, I put it up on the YouTube's and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So. Long story short, I did after about spending. So I, I gathered about fourteen hundred gems in about four months. After spending a thousand of them or so, I got a Gogeta finally. Um, so that's about twenty pulls. It's fifty gems mm-hmm. for a pull. Um, so I got Gogeta. Yay! Hey. Congratulations to me. Um, I did not get Vegito. I'm still trying to get Vegito. Um, but uh, so in Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle. Um, you, uh, like, like, there's not just one Goku, like, like, there are many different kinds of Gokus, um, but if they have, if two characters share the same name, they can't be used in the same mission, um, but you can, you, like, if, if you can use a shitty Goku as training material for a good Goku, and you have a chance to improve their super attack, because... Improving super attack, you can only do it with a character of the same name, or with the Elder Kai card, which is pretty rare. So, um, the Gogeta that I just pulled is extremely rare, and um, not a... It, it, it's a Gogeta specifically from the Broly movie that came out a couple of years ago. Um, there is also a uh, Gogeta card that came out like two years ago with the same design and very similar art um, that came out, but you can just grab like eight of him for free. It's super easy. Um, so they that card has been sitting in my box for years at this point. So when I was done with the, re- the recording to figure out like, okay, I want to... Um, like When I was done failing to get Vegito, I wanted to level up the Gogeta... Because you got to do some work to get them up and running, and then use them a couple of times. But before I did that, I had to clean up my character boxes. I pulled so many people, I had too many characters. And long story short, I confused the free Vegito 
for my for my super rare spent months and months and months and months grinding stones for him no. and i didn't even realize i did it until after the fact but i cleaned out my box because like i had 1200 characters you only had to have 800 so i had to purge a ton of characters yeah. out of my box and uh and then i i i went to bed laid down and was going through trying to find gogeta i was like wait a minute he's not in here and then i was trying to figure out where else he could be um because like sometimes it's like oh it's actually a goku and vegeta card and then they fuse into gogeta later but that wasn't it and then i i went through uh because I, I kept recording when i was doing that i i, I was just recording after I made the video, just in case something funny happened. And yeah, I found like, nope, I just fucking threw that Gogeta into into the trash pile and and got points for it. So I immediately and, and like I don't expect anything to come of this. They they don't. There was a warning that was like, hey, you're gonna throw away a rare character, but it was not like, hey, you're gonna throw away yeah, the character. Right. Um, like it shows you that warning if you throw away basically anything. Which, again, not an excuse, but... Um, so I emailed the support and was like, Hey, I can prove I pulled him. I have a video and the game shows the record that I pulled him. And only a dumb fuck would do this. So, can you help? Like, I emailed Bandai immediately. <laughs> and Bandai replied the next day and was like, We'll see what we can do. We're, we're going to confirm it. And then we'll get back to you. That was seven days ago. <sighs> so... We'll see. Like, like I, I, I supervise a handful of people now, and, like, I, I was not expecting this to become a point of solidarity, but, like, I told one of my associates, and she was like, yeah, I told my boyfriend about this, and, like, he was like, you cannot tell me this story right now. Like, like I, that that hurts too real. <laughs> um, oh, man, we've, we've all been there. It, if you play any, like, RPG or Pokemon, just any game that has, like, something oh, like yeah. that, and you, like... You have that special thing, even if it's not super rare, but it's special to you, and you accidentally toss it or lose it, or yeah, yeah. Like I killed the first shiny that I ever got in Pokemon, but I didn't realize what the, that that mattered until way after the fact. Like, oh, same. I, I I hyped up this pull for like a week, and I, I had I wasn't able to stream for a while because of my internet, so I was like, I, I'm gonna record this, and it's just gonna be a thing. Like like I, I'll, I'll do something for like because I haven't been able to stream lately and um like just building up to the anniversary for months and actually got Gogeta and then like oh no I just threw him in the garbage because I'm oh, dumb that feels bad um so uh we'll see uh a meal I can begin to pull for a meal in about half an hour so we'll see if I fucking throw him yeah. in the garbage don't do that <laughs> it's actually I don't actually think it's possible to do that in Ceno Alice so Hopefully I won't. Yeah, I don't but, know uh, if they... Uh, I know in some games they do. Like, in, in Pokemon Go, they have, like, a, a thing where you, like, click, like, a star, and then it makes it so you can you just cannot get rid of it until you unclick that yeah. star. Yeah, Dokken has that, too. Uh, <laughs> like, do like Dokken does have stuff in play, but I just... I I had to get rid of 400 characters, yeah, and yeah. It, it looked like the free one. Like, I, again, it is not Bandai's fault. I'm not, like... <sighs> Well, it's nice that they sent you a follow-up email just being like, hey, we'll look into it. Yeah, no, it, it's honestly... Well, so I go back and forth because, like, again, like I said, I'm not innocent. I Oh, I actually... Hold on. I just... Oh, shit. Okay, live oh. live update. I just got an email from Bandai Namco. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. 
Alright, I'm glad that I have someone here. Is it in response to, or is it like, we process... It is reply, reply to your inquiry. Um, I'm glad that I have someone here. Because uh, when I'm, I got the first one, I was like, I had to, I had to message my partner. I was like, can you get on a call I'm, so uh, when I read this, I don't get too sad? I, I'm here for emotional support. Yes. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, Gogeta. I, I, oh, man. Oh, I was going to say, look, I'm a dumbass who gives you money. You don't want to me, like, like, you want me to come back, right? Um, give me the Gogeta JPEG. Um, fuck. All right, here we go. Oh my god. Okay. Thank you for contacting Bandai Namco. Our sincere apologies for the inconvenience. Regarding your concern, we have confirmed that you sold that. If you have any questions, feel free to contact again by... What? Yeah, I, I know I sold it. That wasn't my question. My question was, can I get it back? God damn it. That, that sounds like, a, uh, like an automated message. Ugh. <sighs> Okay. Gogito. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dare you? Oh, uh, I got the name wrong. I'm sorry. Um, oh, that sucks. Well, I'm going to reply again and be like, hey, can you d- can help? Can I get um, it back? But, I uh, didn't want to delete that. Please. Okay, well... Um, I'm sad now. Uh, did you pull news? Uh, yes. I guess on that sad note, we'll swap into news. I'm sorry, Fred. If you hear me typing, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just angrily typing away. Um, so I didn't, um, there wasn't a ton of news. Like I, I, I said earlier, I was looking through... Kotaku and IGN, and I just found a bunch of, like, social commentary articles. Um, so, there was one one piece of news, which is about Warhammer, but it's not really. I mean, it is, but I think it's beneficial to bring up, because it's a, it's a good business practice. Um, so, uh, Warhammer 40k is releasing their new addition to the game, 9th edition, and they made a starter box for it that they do for every edition. And these starter boxes are always, like, highly desired because they're uh, a really good way to get your hands on a lot of models, the new rules, and a bunch of really cool stuff. And they're always, like, significantly cheaper than if you were to buy everything separately just because of how they design the models. They make it so you can't, like, change them. They're basically, like, they fit perfectly how they're designed to, so they're, they're not, like, customizable, but, like... If you don't care about that, you can get a significantly cheaper... You can get, like, a large amount of models for, like, half the price. Um, so they were like, hey, we're, we're going to make a bunch of these. Uh, we're going to limit the, the number of uh, copies that people could buy, etc., etc. And then release day came out. It was, a, like, a week or two ago. And it sold out within, like, 20 minutes. Uh, and then... So just people who, like, were botting just scalped every copy they could find and then we're selling it on ebay for two times the price immediately after 
so everyone was complaining for a week and nobody could get a copy of it and people were like it's, it's selling for like $500 on eBay this is insane and so Games Workshop came out and said hey we're making this product uh, made to order so we're not we're not making like a like a um, like a limited number of them we were literally for like you know for like a week or whatever while we're taking orders if you want one order it now and then we'll add it to the list of how many we need to make and then we'll ship it out to you so it was a really good like hey scalpers bought all of our product and now our fans can't get our product because they bought a thousand copies of them and they're selling them for a profit we don't like that yeah so now we're gonna make this you know whoever wants one can put their order in and then we'll make it for them. They said, like, it's going to take us longer to get it to you because we expect a higher number of things, plus we have to make them again instead of, like, having them already made and shipping them out to you when they release. Um, I think this is pro-consumer, and I I give them a a thumbs up and a pass. Obviously, they're making more money doing this because they get all of the scalpers who scalped all of their product, and they're getting the people that want to buy them. But I'm okay. I'm. I'm. I, I don't think that's too bad. I don't think that was like their way of creating artificial scarcity. I think it was them in response to what happened, uh, doing this because uh, they've done some really good stuff in the past couple of years. They've been a shitty company in the past, but these past couple of years they've been really, really good. So I think that was a really positive, uh, a really positive thing that a big corporation did. Yeah, I mean that that kind of stuff's always tricky. Um, there's a reason why so much of this shit has gone digital. And yeah, something like this, you that. obviously. Well, actually, no, you can because the big thing in the mini miniature world now is 3D printing, uh, yeah. which hasn't quite gotten to the quality and affordability of just buying stuff from the company, but uh, it will get there eventually. But yeah, I did check the uh, the prices of the boxes on like Amazon and eBay the day after this got announced and they just slashed the price. Which is fantastic. It did exactly what everyone wanted it to do. Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my one 40k thing. I'll stop talking about 40k, I promise. Um, hey, hey, hey man, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I thought it was good enough. It was a, a good thing to like a generic enough because it was a positive thing that a company did that was pro-consumer and i'm always pro-consumer um death stranding pc got released today i believe <sighs> yeah yeah that was um which is a good segue for us to do our deep dive soon yeah um i don't know when that's gonna be but well that's a teaser I for ha- anyone listening i have i have a i have very complicated emotions around that game. Same. None of them are neutral. Minor, None of them are just, that was okay. Mine, mine are probably less complicated. It's just, it goes from like like 75% of the game. I'm like, wow, I really enjoy this game. It's a lot of fun. It has its ups and downs to the last like 20% of the game where I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? What? So we'll... Did you just shoot a baby? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you shot a baby. The baby's not dead. Uh, how they how they saved that baby is beyond me. They're just like, oh my god! The well, ba- they well no, I mean they went to the beach. The baby did. Oh die. yeah, that's right. Um, okay, well I, we'll talk about that in the deep dive. Um, uh, another PC release, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's confirmed for August seventh. 
It's the complete edition, which is really nice. I love games getting ported to PC because now I will play it in glorious yep. 60 plus FPS. I'm really happy for that. Uh, I I never beat uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I really really enjoyed it, but it was just one of those games that fell to the wayside for me because. Well, actually, we talked about this. That's when uh, Breath of the Wild came out, and I am notorious yep. for not near, completing games. And near a time. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, but yeah, I will hopefully beat that game now because <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's a fantastic <laughs> game. Yeah, I, I, I am I am very happy that that thing can can hopefully get a bigger audience before its much deserved sequel comes out. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, they it's good timing on them to to do that because it'll get them a bigger audience. And I like I like that yeah. Gorilla. Um, they made Killzone, which was really good, and then they just decided to branch off and do something completely different. Uh, make a really unique IP because Killzone was unique but it was just a military shooter at its core where I, I guess horizon zero dawn is just an open world action game at its core but it's the world and like how it's set up is so unique and special i just kind of fell in love with it yeah uh but other than that the only other news i had was the ubisoft forward which was their like e3 conference essentially mm-hmm. um they showcased not a ton of stuff i was really surprised watching it it was over and like almost immediately they were just like hey uh the assassin's creed you already know about and hey uh watchdog legion uh we didn't forget about that here's some new stuff about that and then uh like a couple other small smaller games another battle royale which i guess people are still asking for battle royales and then it was over and i was really surprised (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're kind of experiencing E3 in slow motion. Like, that sounds like... Like, I remember when they first announced Assassin's Creed, it was pretty obviously... Like, that trailer was meant to be a reveal in the middle of a press conference with, like, nine other games around it. But, like, because they said, like, oh, here's the new Assassin's Creed when the dude pops out his fucking hidden blade. It's not a surprise. Right. Um... But like if it just came out of nowhere, it could have been like this. Oh my god, it's actually is that yeah. They showed uh, they showed some stuff about it. It looks pretty good. I I'm not I'm kind of iffy on the new style of Assassin's Creed because it it went from being Assassin's Creed to trying to be The Witcher now. Yeah. Um, it it was really funny because when you watch the trailer, like when you watch the 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 conference that they had like there's a guy talking about like he he's like talking about the vikings and he's like yeah we wanted to like explore the story of the vikings because like while they were like these ruthless like invaders to this country like they were also like farmers and settlers and they were looking for fertile land to like settle um and he was like we wanted we wanted to tell this human like grounded story and then not like two minutes later there is a like one of the enemies in the game is just like a literal giant who's like 10 feet tall and he picks up a dude and throws it at the player character and i'm like wait what <laughs> what happened to realism and human where did this 10 foot giant come from he just beat a dude with another dude um and knowing assassin's creed i can only assume that the norse gods are going to show up at some point because at some point Assassin's Creed stopped being historical and then just started being about mythology. Yeah, which I mean, I don't 
I'm not gonna pretend like I care. Yeah, like, I, I I don't really I, care, I think, but it's it, it took it took a really weird turn. I mean, once as much as I did like Connor, like like Assassin's Creed Three ruined everything. Yeah, well, because they kind of got to a point. We could do a deep dive on Assassin's Creed because yeah. they kind of got to a point where they were like, "Hey, people stopped caring about the the future." Storyline, so we just need we need to get rid about of it because you blew it, you fucking pricks. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> whatever. I, I yeah, and, and I they keep the last. I'm, I shouldn't say this. Last time I fucking played was Black Flag, but it seems like they they keep going to the future a little bit, and it's like yeah, this is still it's here. It's always kind of, there, but it's always like a framing device. It's never like. Um, you know, like in the Princess Bride, where they have it's a it's a grandfather telling his grandson a story, or a granddaughter. I think it. I, I've never seen the Princess Bride, which was gonna get me fucking executed in some places. Um, it, it's a framing device for the narrative now. It's not. It doesn't have any sway or meaning anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I I always have brotherhood. I guess Brotherhood was I, I, phenomenal. I, I still like Ezio a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Ezio was probably the best main character. Like I had fun with Connor's dad, uh, whose name I can't remember, and Connor's dad's dad in Black Flag. I think is who he was. Yeah, Connor. Um, um, Connor's dad was um, he was the main character in Rogue, I believe. Oh, that was because that was his story of falling from the assassin order and becoming a templar i believe i never played nice. that one i heard it's really good though any any other um, any other news well there, so there was another thing um speaking of like pro consumerism um yeah so in in the new assassin's creed you can play as either male viking or female viking whatever the the name of the character is um it's something that was like really cool and i thought you could like, like, there's no reason you can't just, like, change your character and customize it at will at any point during a game. Um, because it's, like, what, it, there's literally no difference. As, as, as long as the game is built, like, Assassin's Creed, you can very easily figure right. out a way to make it. So, that so work. the thing is, like, you can play as either of those characters, and they're letting you, like, anywhere, like, on the fly, you can just change between the characters. Like, if you, like, ah, I'm just not enjoying playing as the male I'm going to try out the female, and then, like, maybe you play as the female character, and you're like, ah, I don't like this as much. I'm going to swap back to, back to the dude, um, which Mm -hmm. I think is, I think is great, like, because it's just, it's just, it's just a cosmetic, basically, at that point. Yeah. I mean, so, I, it depends on how they handle it. Like, like, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but, like, if, if if they're, I don't know, like, I, I, I would need to see how they yeah. implement it. Like, like, if you can just erase one character and the other one disappears and they are different people, that would be... Well, the idea is that, that it's weird. the same person, um, just the only difference is which gender they are. Hmm. Whether they're male or female, actually, I should, I should say. Um, yeah, I, I, I would have to see exactly how... Yeah. Like, it, 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 there is certainly plenty of good ways that you can just kind of make that happen, and it's... it's it, if it's it, not it like a central point totally to the story... Fun. Like in certain, I can see it. Like certain, like story games, it's like this. This character is female for this reason. This character is male for this reason. But like, if you're kind of playing more of a generic action game, and you just want to, you're, you know, maybe you're not enjoying the look of one of the characters, and you're like, yeah, I want to try the other one for a little while. Like, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. 
uh, which is I guess in the same vein because it's um, it, it's the exact same thing. So um, uh, World of Warcraft for the longest time uh, has a, has had a character change like pay service where you pay and then you get like a character recustomization thing. Uh, yeah. And in their new expansion, they're adding like a ton of new like customization options. And so basically they have an in-game barbershop where you can just change anything that you want for, from character creation. And over the years, they've added options to that. Because, like, before you couldn't change your skin color. And then they were like, okay, now, you you know, in the barbershop you can change your skin color and, like, uh, eye color and all this other stuff. And then it got to the point where the only thing that you couldn't change at the barbershop was the sex of your character. And then, so mm-hmm. that was the only thing that you would buy the character change voucher for, and it was like fifteen dollars. And so they were like, "Ah!" Uh, they finally realized, like, this is kind of stupid. We're just gonna add this to the barbers. So then you could just, you know, on a whim, change your character's uh, sex, skin color, hair color, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, which is cool. Again, pro consumerism. If you just, you know, don't. Yeah, it's a cosmetic change that's just free and you can do on a whim and not have to pay money. Yeah, I wonder what, because like business, I'm always skeptical. You know me, and we don't have Chris here. We don't have the one who wants to get rid of the money. Um, So I I have to just represent the actually this is evil point of view. Um, Why do you think they they just kind of gave up on on that line of revenue like it should, probably wasn't that much but right uh i think it's probably because people stopped buying it and then people probably complained about it I, I can only assume there's somebody out there who made like a wave about it on social yeah. media or something and then it becomes so i'll i'll, I'll play the the quote-unquote devil's advocate too for like that this is bad they probably yeah. don't give a shit. In fact, they would probably love if they removed cosmetic options from the game and made it only pay to change. Um, yeah. But I think companies like that probably slowly trickle stuff out like that to get positive um, like notoriety when they need it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I... I, I go back and forth because, like, they slowly trickled out the, like, cosmetic changes because I think people were asking for them. Because, like, the barbershop came out, like I said, and it was like, you can only, you just change your hairstyle and your, your hair color. And then people were like, I mean, I've had this character for this long and, like, you added all these other character change op- uh, options. Like, can I get those for free? Like, you added, like, a new skin tones and, like, new markings and stuff. Like, I want to get those. And then maybe they were like, oh, we'll just we'll add those in, too. Because um, for a long time it was... Uh, certain races could technically change their skin tone just because, like... So you have, like, the Tauren, which are just, you know, they're cows, so they're covered in hair. So then their hair color would change their skin tone, quote-unquote... And then so other people that played other races were like, they can technically change their skin tones, why can't we? So then I think it mm-hmm. became kind of that. And then maybe slowly over time, they just started slowly trickling these things in. And then until finally it got to the point where there's literally only one thing you change with that character change voucher, and it's sex. And like that's a really stupid thing to have behind a paywall. <laughs> because especially yeah, so, as an MMO so- where like it's just your character, it doesn't have an effect on the world at all. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So like maybe like the implied cost of pissing people like even if it's not How, that yeah. However much money you're making from it. that fifteen dollar character change uh, voucher is not worth uh, how much you're going to piss people off with that. Especially now because gender and sex is kind of a sensitive topic and it's like a discussion that's sort of going on in culture. You don't want to be a company that locks sex changes behind a paywall. If that. That is definitely much less tenable now than it was in 2004. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't uh, want to say it's directly related to that. I don't know if it's just they came to a realization. I, maybe knowing Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they like to. Well, never mind. Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, we're we're on, oh, the, God. on the list somewhere now. I, hey man, um, I'm okay. I'm okay being on that list because fuck that. I'm fuck, on that list. Fuck <laughs> um, um, I, I okay. So I, I have a few little news things. If if you have any more, um, uh, nope, that was it. Just to kind of rapid fire. Okay, uh, yeah, just just a few things that kind of popped up. Like a few things that I wrote down mm. um, during the week. Um, I'll go ahead. I'll I'll finish with that one because I'm not going to want to talk about anything else after that. Um, uh, so I don't. Are you a dumb baby like me? Have you read Ready Player One? Oh, yes. Uh, I forgot about that. That was one of the things I saw. Ready Player Two is announced. Yeah. Why? Uh, <laughs> like the movie? Like, you mean just the book? Like, I, I... So, he wrote that other book. I don't remember the name. Um, but he wrote a book. Er, er, Ernest Klein? I think that's his I name. his name is. Um, he wrote a book after Ready Player One that was basically Ready Player One again. Did he? And... It, it it uh wasn't great. Mm. Um, I, I'm I remember the 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 cover of the book had triangles on it and it kind of looked like Space Invaders. Oh yeah. Um, I I'll read it. Same. <laughs> I don't know. Like I I, I, I never. While I'm I, I never watched the movie because I rather enjoyed Ready Player One. I know it has its issues. Um, I found it very readable. It's like just readable, and the... it, it, like it's charming. Like there's a lot wrong with it, but it's really charming. If that yeah, makes sense, I, I would. Agree. I know that's not I, quantifiable, that. but it is very charming. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll read the sequel. I I felt like it ended on a very good note. I don't really care what happens after. Um, I, I feel like that you know it's only gonna do what sequels do, which it kind of ruins you know, the sort of magic of that ending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder where they go, where, where he goes yeah, from there. Kind of, I I mean, like I said, I, for all his faults, Will Wheaton is very good at narrating audiobooks. So I will, <laughs> I, oh, I will he, listen to him. Do, uh, Ready Player One? He did, yeah. Um, so I, I will listen to, um, I'll listen to him, read this book at me while I drive. Assuming I ever get the drive again, um, I'm still pissed off that they that he got Steven Spielberg to fucking direct the book that references Spielberg every forty seconds. Uh, I mean, that's why he and did it. Like Spielberg, he's literally stroking. Spielberg was, uh, but, but then ego. Spielberg was like, but then Spielberg was like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna reference my own stuff. It's like you're doing the book wrong, yeah. then you fuck. <laughs> anyway, I, and the um, movie the movie was significantly different from the book. Why? Whatever. It's fine. I I. I I survived the Dark Tower book. No book movie can hurt me 
Oh, I swear to the Dark Tower oh, movie. Man. No book movie can hurt well, me Well, I enjoyed that movie because Idris Elba is is fantastic. That was Idris Elba was great. I actually, man, he's, they got the perfect Jake. They, yeah, Jake is perfect. I, I like both and, of those characters just, were very good and well cast. And, and and Matthew McConaughey is fine, but not. It's not right. I, who would you Who would you see fuck? as the man in black? I Christopher Walken thirty years mm. ago, like. Fair enough. I don't know. I think, like, uh, oh, dude, young um, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, that that would that might be the be- like just the man in black. That's my phone to tell me I should go to sleep soon. Shut up. Um, or at least my phone to tell me, hey, stop yelling about stuff. Um, so the man in black, not so much in the Dark Tower because he really doesn't have a lot of at whatever the book equivalent of screen time is in the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very important, obviously, but he just doesn't, he's not in frame a lot of the time, but like the man, you've read the stand, right? Like like, the man in black is charismatic. Halfway through the book, he's the antagonist. Yeah. Like, like the man in black is just evil incarnate and Matthew McConaughey was fine, but he just seemed too, and not not that the man in black isn't smarmy, but he, I don't know. Like, like. I wasn't Matthew McConaughey because the Man in Black in the Stand is a little different than he is in. I know he's the same character, but he kind of has a slightly different personality in the Stand. Yeah, than, yeah I he, feel he, like Matthew McConaughey would shit. make a better the Man in Black in the Stand. He makes a better random. I I'd black, agree with that. Not necessarily a good Man in Black. He, he, he makes a better crazy cult leader that, that's trying to rally people yeah. in, in Las Vegas more than because like. Maybe it's just because Roland actually beats the Man in Black in, in the in the film, which like, I mean, I know you haven't finished the series, but that's like the... a thing that explicitly doesn't like. There's a reason why he doesn't do it. Like, hmm. um, there's 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 stuff. There's a reason. Okay. Like, um, re- finish the Dark Tower. <laughs> um, One of these days, you're just gonna <laughs> tell me the entire plot of the Dark Tower. I will do it. Like, like honestly, I should just set a date. It's like it'll be far. It'll be like twenty twenty four. But just I'll do oh, it. We can do that. Like, we can just do that next week. I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, we'll see. It's <laughs> whenever. Whenever like, I'm not. Feel I'm like not even prepared for Death Dark Tower and just tell me the entire plot from starting from where I left off. I am down. I, I'm not even like I'm not prepared to talk about Death Stranding, a thing that I spent forty hours with. Let alone, <laughs> well, I spent way more than that, but with the plot, forty mm-hmm. hours, like. Dark Tower was hundreds and hundreds of hours of my fucking right. life, and that was like five years ago. Um, but also, like, just man, I, 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 the Amazon series got canceled and isn't. It looks like it's not going to happen again. Corona. And the Dark Tower is. This is actually in February, yeah. so. Um, like the Dark Tower is a really hard thing to adapt. Yeah, and, it is. Like, if I were to do it. I would just focus on Roland and Jake and not fret so much about how to integrate all the weird cultural shit yeah, into it. Like they, they kind of um, did that with the movie because it, it, you know, it got rid of uh, Odetta and um, what's the other dude's name? Uh, Eddie. Eddie. Yeah, I got rid of those two characters, which I, you know, you're you want to like limit down the number of characters in a big novel, like an epic like that. Um, and I think that I think the movie did it fine in that regard. Oh God, I was so. But oh, okay. Oh my. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I there there is a reason why 
I, I can only imagine there's Roland, some great things that happen with those two, but well, it, it, it's more than that. It, it's 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 the cotet thing. It, it, it's yeah, it's the cotet. It, it, it's Roland, du- Roland not caring but caring that horn in his pocket is bolt like. Anyway, <laughs> we'll we'll get to it. We'll we'll get to it later. Um, but Stephen King said this Un- was the last time around. It's fucking not ironically. Um, how close was my fan fiction to the ending of the Dark Tower? Okay, so the actual minute to minute action of the ending, not that far. Um, but the context around it, like I mean, you weren't even close. Which how the fuck could you? Have been? <laughs> um, but I mean, you weren't. You were not that far <laughs> off. Um. Anyway, I uh, I already have Gogeta hurt in my heart. I can't get can't mad get about the Dark Tower. The Dark Tower. Right now. Okay. Um, what were we talking about before we brought up the Dark Tower? Uh, just uh, news. Just news. Uh, we talked about what was the story that I just closed? Ready Player Two. Oh, Ready Player um, Two. That's right. What yeah. Whatever. I, I found I'll the first it, one charming. Care. I'll read the second one. It probably won't be as good. Maybe he became a better writer. Seems like it would like ruin his career if that happened mm-hmm. but, um so super hot has a sequel uh coming out in two days super hot was oh, the super stylistic yes. cel-shaded first person shooter where time moves when you yeah. move um so it's called super hot mind control delete it's coming out in two days if you bought the first one you get this one for free oh, speaking of pro consumer that's awesome um that's very pro yeah, uh, and it's twenty five bucks if you don't have it, which I'm pretty sure is more than the first game ever was. So I don't know how the fuck that, that happened. That makes sense. It's it raised um, in popularity, so the price is going to go up. That makes sense. Hey, it's not seventy dollars, which AAA studios are trying to push now. Yeah, which uh, I mean, I, I mean, I on the one hand, I get it's like okay, I know it costs a lot more to make a video game now, but it's like, do I really need to pay seventy dollars for the new NBA game? I mean, th- this th- this this medium is very kind to folks that are willing to wait, and mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it's just an economic thing that's going to have to happen. Like, I'm I'm honestly surprised it didn't happen last generation. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like, like fine, you guys do what you got to do, but um, y- you got like, so we didn't talk like Ubisoft has had a reckoning with sexual assault allegations and stuff like that. A bunch of senior executives are gone, which they, they tweeted and were like, hey, we're not going to talk about this during Forward because we recorded it a while ago. Um, I, I, so, I think that's okay. They don't need to do, like... No, no, and they, they don't have I, to. I, but, even if it was like, after, like, you, you don't need to acknowledge that during a completely unrelated, like, you know, announcement thing. Just ultimately, like, this industry needs to... Games are only going to get harder to make, and there's only so much blood you can throw in the <laughs> wheel before, yeah, like before you're you're just building video games off of like tape and corpses. Like, I I want this shit to survive. I don't want it to just stop. Like, anyway, I don't know. It, it's there's some other shit that they got to work on besides, yeah, getting. I mean, I, I, I mean, I probably spent seventy bucks on Dokkan Battle in the last month, so I'll, I'll fucking do it. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm I, I, this, you and me have disposable income, but definitely other people don't, which is a shame. No, for sure. Like, like and I'm, I'm very privileged to be in the Same. position where I can work from home in this moment. Um, for sure, and, and like seventy dollars is a lot of fucking money, but like, 
I I understand that. Yeah, like these games are four times more expensive to make, which maybe you just tone it back a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I, that makes sense to well, me. Definitely makes I, sense I, to I, me. I also like the PS2. It's 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 where my dumb brain mm-hmm. goes. Um, Sega announces a miniature arcade cabinet with thirty six games included. Uh, we're just gonna and like this thing is fucking tiny. Is well, it? I'll, I'll put a fucking. It is not the thing we talked about before. No, but it but is it, like palm, is it palm kind of your of hand like tiny. The the SNES mini. Oh no, it's an actual like arcade cabinet. Yeah, I'm assuming it has HDMI or, or some kind of. Yeah, it has an HDMI out, so you you can. Uh, does this thing have a list of games? Because it actually kind of does seem say, like it might it, be. It, uh, I want a Genesis mini. Like a NES and a Genesis SNES mini. mini. I, th- I think that just exists. Just a Sega Genesis that has like a bunch of the popular games on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that literally Does exists. Um, uh, Sega Genesis Mini. Oh. Oh. Oh my God. Yeah, is, is I, I think legit? that like. Oh. Like I remember, oh. I'm pretty sure that happened, and then people were like, "Miniature I think Sega Genesis replica includes 40 legendary games, ready to plug and play." What the fuck? Yeah. Um, Amazon. <laughs> enjoy that. Um, but yeah, no, it looks like uh, the 10 games they've announced for this thing, which is Japan only, apparently. Um, oh, this is, is an old one. That's right. This came out a while ago, didn't it? Oh yeah, no. This Our this it came the mini and HDMI cable. Oh, maybe not that long yeah, the, ago. The, the the Genesis thing came out around the zeitgeist of mini consoles. Like, remember, there was a PlayStation One mini. Like like it, it got weirdly far up into the timeline that they were making mini consoles for stuff. Um, which I kind of wish they just sold frames of them so that I, or like like just the plastic of them so mm-hmm. it could have a a mini. PS1 without having to worry about like I don't I'm not gonna play a video game on this I'm not I'm not dumb um like if well actually I guess I don't have a working PS1 I guess if I wanted to play Tekken right this fucking second <laughs> I couldn't um anyway it looks like the 10 games for this thing are Alien Syndrome Alien Storm Altered Beast Columns 2 Dark Edge Fantasy Zone, Golden Axe, Golden Axe, Revenge of the Dark Adder, Tant R, and Virtua Fighter. I know Virtua Fighter. I don't know. Any yeah, of those I've other heard games. of Gold. I've heard of Golden Axe because there was like a 3D character action game for like the Xbox 360 at some point. Um, and I've heard of Alien Syndrome for some reason I don't remember. But yeah, I don't. I, I just like the form factor. It looks like a little no, tiny, it's real it's cute. arcade. I like these. Um, uh, I like these companies that are coming out with these sort of like mini consoles with new ways of getting your hands on old games that people want to play again. So, because yeah. like you, you run into the issue of like, oh, there's no way I can get a copy of this old NES game that I used to play as a kid, and if, even if I did, I don't have a console that can run it or a TV that can support it. Well, there's no way for me to be able to play this game, so I'm just going to go download an emulator of it. It's like, okay, well, that's kind of an issue, because, like, it's a difficult thing to do. It's not that hard, but, like, you could run into, like, scam websites a lot of time, and setting it up isn't, like, always the easiest, unless you know what you're doing. Like, if you're just, like, a casual person who doesn't really know too much about computers, 
you can like fuck it up and like not not get it running correctly and then it's like you have to have a controller or just use a mouse and keyboard which is weird and it's like you have to have a controller that can fit properly but it's not the actual controllers you used back as in the day as a kid so it doesn't feel the same and then you get this little product that you can sell as a company and then it's like okay people are going to stop emulating and pirating your game that you released you know 20 years ago and then they're going to buy a new product so it's money for you so it's definitely like it's a win-win for both sides yeah no and like i i love when uh like konami put out like or like was announced that the weird turbo graphics mini which like i can't name a fucking <laughs> turbo graphics game yeah. but like I'll buy a weird somebody like, out there waxed looking turbo graphics, put it somewhere like back when every video game console is made out of wood. Like yeah, sure, fuck it. I don't know. That sounds stupid. Um, it's stupid in a good way. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. That's cool. I, I yeah, I like that. I hope at some point we we and I've said this before. I think that like. Stadia is hilarious, but like something like Stadia, where like it is running on its native hardware, it's you don't have to worry about emulator accuracy or like lag going through. Like because like if you even if you have the right console, if you don't have the right hookups, the video signal's not going to spit out the right way. Um, like if you can just get native everything and get that video beamed to you in a way that makes sense, um, like that. That's like to me the almost the perfect solution. Mm-hmm. It's Netflix for video yeah. games. It, it, Which, it, 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 looking at it as like the perfect like at the perfect form of itself is really good. But if you look at it now, like latency yeah, now just, for live uh, gaming services is just insane. It just yeah, doesn't latency, work. Latency and like I mean I my data cap is fairly high, but I have one. Uh, same. And mine is uh, uh, twelve hundred gigabytes now. They just upped it by two hundred gigabytes because they felt bad yeah. for everyone having to come back from Corona. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm still on lockdown. I don't know why I have a data cap again because they gave they gave us unlimited data for like three four months, but now I'm back on a data cap. And yeah, like you go, uh, you eat through twelve hundred gigabytes real quick. And I don't yeah. know about the Cox man down there, but Comcast lies about how much data I use. Oh yeah, no, that. Yeah, I, I will come um, back from like watching. Uh, my brother uh, has two corgi puppies, and I'll go over and dog sit, and I just I won't use my computer for like the entire day. Like I'll be over there for twelve hours, and then I'll come home and check my data cap, and it's gone up by like twenty gigabytes. Yeah. It's like, what? How did I use twenty gigabytes of data without being home? My computer wasn't even on. Like, go oh, fuck yourself, Comcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I won't be able to use Stadia unless I get unlimited. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the these two stories, I think, are, like, coming out today. So, I think it was today, July the 14th, that the embargo for Ghost of Tsushima oh, yeah. uh, was released. Um, it, uh... Looks like uh, looks like Soka Punch made one of their games, and it's got samurais and cool. I'll I'll probably play it. I don't know. Yeah, I've never I've uh, never been. I, I'm gonna I have a couple streamers. The, the streamer that I watch every single day is gonna be playing it on Friday, so I'll just watch him play mm-hmm. it. I've never yeah. been super into that aesthetic, the sort of like feudal Japan samurai thing. 
This yeah. is not really a theme that clicks with me, but I know a lot of people love it, so that's cool for them. I I, I fell into the trap of thinking that this and um, from Softwares uh, uh, Sekiro Sekiro yeah for some reason I thought these were the same oh, games for like a year yeah no um, and then Sekiro came out and I was like wait that yeah. thing that was at the the Sony press conference did that that just came out we didn't say anything <laughs> oh no it's, it's different. different game it's a yeah, different they're kind of the same. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I am glad that Sucker Punch got to make a thing that was not just more infamous. I, I hope they oh, had fun. Oh, is that the people that made good. it? Yeah. Oh, okay, um, cool. And, like, it, it seemed, I, this might be, as far as I know, it's the last, I, I guess it's second party technically, but it, it's the last big Sony effort on the PS4, right? Uh, yeah, I think like, so. Do they have anything else announced between, like, Last of Us and uh, this, I think, were the last ones. Yeah, this is probably it for the PS4. That's... Hopefully this is good, because The Last of Us 2 has been very divisive. Yeah. So, maybe it's a good, it'll be a good send-off. If it's, if it's really, really good, it'll be a good send-off for the PS4. PS4 is okay. I, uh... I got some. I got some good use out of it. Me too. I. Uh, I dev. I don't. I mean, obviously, consoles will not ever bring me to the point I was at with my PS2, which actually breathed its last since we last podcast, oh. which made me sad. Um, but I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it. It's fine. I played some baseball on this thing. I. Uh, I got Red Dead on here. Uh, Death Stranding, obviously. Mm-hmm. Persona Five. Uh, yeah. For me, <laughs> no, it was fun. Actually, my my experience with Persona Five was kind of cool because I was, it, it was the week in between my first job and my second job, and I had a lot of beer, and which I I almost never drink beer, but I just had a ton of it, and I had to get rid of it, and mm. I had to get rid of it inside my body. There was no other way, <laughs> of course. Um, and and I watched I watched and do not remember almost all of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That, that sounds like a great um, in between jobs week. Yeah, um, and like I have a bunch of pictures from from because like I was taking pictures and of like the the game because I was yelling at, at Chris and one of our other buddies <laughs> about every other thing that was happening. And like there was a point towards the end of that game where I was like, remember the the final dungeon? Yeah, um, the, where like the, it looks all cubular ship, right? and hellish. Um, so, no, yeah, but I think there's, like, a sub-realm or something where, like, everything's all cubey and, like, dark and neon and, um... Oh, yes, I do remember that. It's the, it's, like, the, the city that's been, yeah, like, yeah. taken over by heaven and hell or something. And, and so, like, that aesthetic is, like, both mine and uh, Elder, the the guy that hangs out on my Twitch stream, um, you you know who yeah. he is, but don't want to say his name. Um, like that is Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, the third Shin Megami Tensei game to a T. And I was like, oh shit, we are doing this. And then it turns out, nah, not hmm. really. Um, it, it kind of like, but like I, I I was just sending texts. It was like, wait, this game might get awesome. And then like, ah, this yeah. game. Sucks. It, it kind of took a uh, um, the the end boss fight in that was just kind of like a, oh okay yeah it's a... most of the persona final fights are just giant health sponges yeah it's like i get it to it's kill the, and aren't it's, that threatening it's the seven deadly sins the characters yeah. were all sinful um, i get it um this was announced maybe a few hours before we started going this story that i'm looking at was at 5 p.m and we started recording around 7 30 um 
And this, I don't know why the fuck they would do this. I, I don't remember this thing having plot and I finished it. Um, Netflix is making a Dragon's Dogma anime. Uh, which one was Dragon's Dogma? Uh, it was Capcom's take on Dark Soulsy kind of stuff, but it ended up being a very different mm -hmm. thing. It's kind of like a, a truly open world kind of, sort of, in between it Dark does, Souls and Monster it, it Hunter. Does look like a, it does kind of look like a mashup of uh, Dark Souls and Monster Hunter. Um, it, it, it was a lot of fun to play. I, I remember it was, it was a game I played on a really lonely Thanksgiving back in college. Um, and it was a really good um, just game to jump in and just run around and, and like start wrecking mm -hmm. shit. Um, again, like the, 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 the poster for the anime looks like a spoiler for the last 10 seconds of the game, <laughs> which is like where all the plot lives. Um, so I, maybe it's like a sequel or something because there is like a, a two minute period where like Dragon Dogma story is like going to go places and then it just stops and it's been like seven years and they haven't announced a sequel. Um, they announced like an MMO spinoff that was like Korea exclusive or something like it, it was weird. Dragon's Dogma's had a hard life, but I, I just... What the fuck is it with games that I want to get sequels getting animes instead between this and The World Ends With You? Like, I don't care about anime, which I say <laughs> as someone who has just watched a bunch of anime and had fun mm -hmm. with it. And I keep... Okay, have you watched any more JoJo? I, I haven't. I should go watch here. it. Because um, I don't have anything to watch at the moment. Side tangent, uh, I fucking hate 3D anime. Where, like, they make all of the characters in, like, 3D, like, Maya. They're, like, 3D. Like, like, CGI? Yeah, they're CGI as opposed to, like, hand-drawn. It's fucking terrible. Anyways, no, I have not gotten yeah, back and no. watched more JoJo. I really should, because it's just wacky and crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, I really did not like the original JoJo intro. Well, I like the music with the JoJo intros, but, yeah, the the actual animation around them looked a little off. Um, but, uh... And, I've been trying to arse myself into get watching Berserk. I don't know if you know Berserk. Yeah, um, Berserk is um, uh, heavy, from what I hear. Yeah, I've, I think I've yeah, watched. Yeah, no, and like I'm actually, I I, I'm not, I'm not gonna watch any of it. I, I, I've been debating reading the manga. There is a thing that happens to Casco, which is like the reason why I haven't started mm -hmm. it yet because I cannot. I need to know that that thing. The, the if you know a thing about Berserk, it's that. Um, I I just need to know that there was a reason for mm -hmm. it for the author to just use that as a plot device. Uh, yeah, and, and and there there are totally ways for it to happen. I just don't trust no one who does it. Um, yeah, that is. I, I, I don't, think I don't I know what you're, trust them on you're their talking face. about, and that's a touchy subject. That is. Uh, sometimes a really big draw for artists and writers who like want to be edgy and like try to like make a point but then they do yeah. it wrong and, and i really i don't like like I, I, every time i bring this up because like i know a few folks that have read it um one of them being our buddy elder although he hasn't read that much um and like i i get mixed signals on whether, uh, well, I'm not getting mixed signals. I'm getting like most folks that 
have that I know that have read it don't come to that point in that plot in this with the same point of view that I do, which is again like totally fine. I'm not saying you have to be hurt by this, but I it is a touchy subject like for me personally and in general and I just need to know that there is a reason like you actually had you were going somewhere with yeah. this cuz like if you just like you said if you just did it to be splashy and edgy which it seems to be the consensus about what it was at the time um and that perhaps they've earned it down the road um cuz berserk has been written for like 30 years yeah um, I, I guess like if you look at it like that where it's like this is an old old piece of writing yeah. and it's like they you know they didn't know as much and they like culture has evolved in the past 20 years so you kind of have to take yeah. it with a grain of salt yeah i feel like yeah because i, no, I and... run into those things too where i i think about including some things and i'm like i don't know if i can do this correctly and it's like mm-hmm. i i can do this in a different way that avoids some touchy subjects that could put like very easily go wrong and i usually i usually yeah. take the safer route just to like avoid certain things like it it's kind of goes to what I, I was talking about with sweary where with like if you're going to invoke this stuff you need to edu- i feel like for stuff that i want to support and this is a personal thing i'm not saying you have to go down this route this is i'm not going to cancel you if you disagree i'm not talking to you specifically just in right. general um but uh like for me if you're going to go down this road with something that you know will hurt people if you fuck it up like just Edu- you have to be able to educate yourself on it. Yeah. And, like, Araki, the, the the author of JoJo, I swear to God, he's never met a woman. Like, he... <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, holy if you shit. JoJo, that makes sense. Um, like, like, oh my God, he's never actually sat in the same room and had a conversation with a woman about anything other than how much he finds him attractive, ever. And, and, like, and I'm, like, ultimately... I think it's totally valid to prevent a, a story from purely the male perspective. I think that's fine, but he keeps doing women yeah. wrong. For there was a uh, decades. Uh, there like, was a the there was a plot point in the novel that I was writing. Uh, it, there was a point that I wanted to get across, and then I had my uh, my brother's girlfriend's sister uh, read it, and she really really enjoyed it. And she was talking about that one scene, and she was like, "Oh, I don't, I didn't like how you did this female character here." I was like, "Oh, what, what, like, what don't you like about it? Like, this was the the sort of point that I was trying to get across. Like, why, why didn't you mm-hmm. like it?" Um, and she was like, "Oh, well, it kind of comes across as like stereotypical." And I was like, "Okay, well, like, th- so I had a female character who was like kind of stuck in this like, like sort of like." she kind of finds her finds herself in like a really situ- serious situation she's around like a bunch of characters that are like being like really really dark and brooding and serious all the time and she's just like man i've been doing this for like months i just want like and she's around like her her brother and like a bunch of other guys and they're like all like macho and like like there's a war going on and there's like crazy shit happening and she's like man i just really want to have like a day out kind of thing and then like the main character shows up and it's a girl that's around her age and so i wanted to get across that like she like basically kidnaps her and uses her as as an excuse to like go be a normal girl for a day and like go shopping and like have like a friend's day out and so Mm -hmm. the first time i wrote it i didn't do it correctly because i didn't know like I'm, i'm not a female so i don't know like 
that sort of yeah, side the, the, of it. There's, I've the, only, you know, the, there's a really good tweet that uh, Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, a famous voice actor, went out. It was like, yeah, here's what it's like when when dudes try to write women. It's like I bouncily boobed down the stairs <laughs> and boobed, but like just it's really obvious when you're writing from a perspective that you're not yeah. familiar. I'm not quite. I'm not it, quite it's, that it's bad not when it comes to female characters. But, no, 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 no. But yeah, it was. But it like, was no, interesting. It, it, like, it's just she really enjoyed it. But she was like, "This came across as very stereotypical," and I was like, "Okay, how can I change it so it's not?" Because I still wanted to have this aspect of that character because she's a very multifaceted character, and I yeah. wanted to have because observing people over time has kind of given me like clues like into different like uh subsects of culture and stuff like that so there was a point i wanted to get across and like sort of a um a a, a point to her character that was going to get brought up multiple times and so like i wanted yeah. to do it in a way that wasn't stereotypical and so i had uh i had her kind of explain it and i introduced it in a different way and I, I framed it differently so that it didn't come across as stereotypical. It came across as, look, I've been doing this thing forever. I haven't had a chance to be a real person in forever. I'm going to be super stereotypical for the day and take you shopping because I, I just I need to distract myself and buy clothes because that's what I do when I distract myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think the I think the second time I went back and rewrote it, it was better. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think, like you said, people people individually and society in general is constantly evolving and i'm definitely not saying like oh that berserk guy so like i i i went back i don't know why the fuck this happened i don't watch movies i don't know how this happened <laughs> but i watched i watched airplane oh airplane um, is fantastic on, on sunday it's really good if it came out oh, now god i can't even imagine um uh, but at the same time like yeah it was it was made in the 80s like you can't you do need to be able like it's important to be able to provide context now if you are showing it to someone who does not have it. Um, that, that's why, like, there was this weird, dumb performative thing where they pulled down a few community episodes because blackface was done out of context, even though that show has actual weird problematic shit in it that they didn't touch because obviously it was just them performing. Um, but it's like, no, just put it in context. Like, like, don't just pretend this didn't fucking happen. Like, mm-hmm. you're not, you're helping no yeah. one. What was the um, and, and what was the blackface and community? Was it like actual blackface, or was it like one of those like so, misunderstood moments where like somebody has mud on their face and kind of? So in community, what it was was it was the it was actually an episode that was it's actually kind of near and dear to a lot of folks, including me. Um, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, um, which is the episode where there's a, a character that gets really depressed because he's getting bullied. He's a overweight kid in the school. Um, and one of the characters feels really bad for him, so he invites him to the D&D game that they run to try to cheer him up and kind of, like, get the ball rolling with him, show him... Like, it's implied that he is thinking about doing something very extreme mm-hmm. to deal with the situation. Um, to, to try to snap him out of his funk, they include him in the D&D game, and um, it, it's, it, it's an episode... Like, community has really high highs and can be very insightful at times, and it was a very good episode focusing on depression and... Um, like solidarity and it also had a moment where ben chang uh just as a drow elf or as a dark oh, elf and I have uh wears blackface and I, like i, I guess I, it's not technically put, like so i i'm not gonna sit here and say that i understand personally the hurt around blackface obviously um i i do feel like like just put a tag on it like where I where I'm coming from from my point of like not a perfect point of view at all, 
like, just pretending this didn't fucking happen isn't gonna fucking help anybody. Like, I just yeah, try I, to do your best to put it in context. Like, it, it felt like they were just trying to hide a thing that they made because now it's suddenly problematic. Yeah. And like, like I, so the one, so like a, a sort of comparison. Um, there was a, a cosplay photo that someone did. Um, it was Peter Pan and his shadow. And it was two people. Mm. One person was dressed up as Peter Pan. One person was dressed up as a shadow. And obvi- the person that was dressed yeah. up as the shadow just painted, like, their clothes and just all of their skin and their hair was just black. Like, they were just a shadow. And it wasn't like, you yeah. know, like, it wasn't blackface. It was just, they were Peter Pan's shadow. And people got so mad over that. It's like, it's not technically blackface. Like, putting black paint on your skin to be a shadow is not, you know mimicking or um uh doing commentary it, it, and poking fun at yeah like it, it, a certain it's not, race it's, it's not yeah it's not meant to be a caricature like i do like, like i said i don't personally understand the hurt like i i i, I don't have an analogy for it right but like yeah it, it does i feel like there. I don't know. Like, I don't know this particular scenario. That does seem a little extreme because, I mean, obviously, like, it seems pretty clear that that was not meant to be a caricature. But I, I don't. I'm not. I'm certainly not the perfect vessel to go for it. But like, if you're Dan Harmon and Sony, like, just shoving this under the rug instead of trying to go, hey, I fucked up. This is why I fucked up. This yeah. is why I won't that's do a, this that's again. A pretty, that seems it, like. You, I, I guess it depends on what it looked like what like was it was that just sort of like a oh this guy's dressing up as a drow elf he painted his skin black and he has like robes and he's got like ears or something and then like that was I it mean, or in, was it like they were like the episode, oh that's problematic like in the in the in, show in the, yeah in the episode they were like they literally looked at chevy chase's character and go like what well, I, I at least i didn't dress up like that um like, like they do point out that like yeah it's not great that he did that in oh, the show. Oh okay, well, that's um, fine then I guess. Like because yeah, that was I, that was I, the joke was because that happens in a lot of like comedies where like somebody will dress up in a character and then it becomes very obvious that it's blackface, but the character doesn't know that, but the other characters are yeah. aware of that, and then that's tension is sort of the joke. It's not the the blackface itself; it's the scenario that this character has. It's it's irony. The character doesn't know that this is problematic, but everyone else around it does. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I I want to read up a little more and try to understand. Like, is this just so inherently hurtful that it's just really just worth erasing? I don't. I haven't seen that argument made by anyone. I, I, I think it depends um, on the I, I've from seen... person to person. I think most people would consider that yeah. not. Yeah, and, and I I would just need to need to see but like from what i've seen it's just the consensus like where i came from and a lot of consensus just seems to be like oh they're it's performative they're trying to shove this under the rug so it doesn't become a problem yeah. like i don't know it felt it felt very cowardly in a yeah, way well going back um, to uh deadly premonition and like just coming out and being like i did this wrong i'm very sorry i did it wrong um uh, i will yeah. try better next time i think that's fine yeah, i know I, a lot I, of people I think... sort of like basically like socially execute people for stuff like that but i think that's fine like if you do something incorrectly the first time and you're like man i fucked this up uh you know it's not it he has no like point of reference being i'm assuming the director is a you know say he's a 
you know, he's not trans, yeah. so, like, he doesn't have, like, a personal reference. Like, he, yeah, he can do the research and, like, talk to people, maybe interview people, but you can only go so far without having personal first-hand experience. There is a huge potential that you fuck something up and you don't get it right. Yeah. And if you do and your intention is not to do it incorrectly and you say, like, eh, yeah, I did, uh, when you get, like, the criticism and it comes out, like, okay, yeah, you know, I did this incorrectly, um, if I do it again, I'll try to do it better. It, that should be good enough. Yeah, no, I, I, I always default to that of like, hey, look, this is, I fucked up and, and we need, like, I need to address it more than just I fucked up and I'm just going to pretend. Yeah, this try to exist. hide it as quickly as possible um, before somebody notices. Like, yeah, it, that that's yeah way worse, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. But um, all obviously with a caveat of like, hey, I don't. I don't know neither, neither of us have so, a uh, point of reference uh, for that sort of thing. We're looking at it from yeah. a different angle. We're looking at it from the C- coming at, coming coming from someone who has made a lot of mistakes. Uh, made made a mistake related to this exact podcast. Um and has learned a lot and has tried mm. to help share the things that I have mm-hmm. learned. Um like it, you I don't know. It, it that feels like where the good can be done. And just pretending that you didn't do it, it, it doesn't help anybody. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I think pointing it out and having like an actual discussion about it, like, like like with my instance with the uh, with changing, like framing the scene differently to like keep the same point, but not do it in like a stereotypical way. Like if I had just been like, oh no, this is how I want to do it. Like I don't care that's stereotypical. Like that's kind of an asshole move. But like asking like, hey, like what did I do wrong? Like why do you feel this way? And then like being willing to change it and like pointing it out and being like i fucked this up the first time and it it, it was yeah. really bad but now i'm wanting to make it better because i still want that to be there but i want to do it correctly mm-hmm. yeah um but i mean uh, yeah uh, world is complicated and we definitely need to be like people need to be able to make mistakes but it also just it's very it's very hard to accept it like hey you it's not like this was hard to learn <laughs> before you made the mistake you know and like like if you don't own up to it then it just gets right. so much worse um like, like making mistakes will happen but if you make the mistake and just pretend it doesn't it doesn't it's way worse than making the mistake and then um, being like hey i i don't know enough about this i fucked it up i'm sorry yeah um so just the one last little piece of news um that uh, I think came out yesterday. Um, so a lot of LA-based folks that I know on Twitter were all getting very upset, um, and, and like out of nowhere, just kind of said like like started going like, "Hey, hug your friends, be life is dear, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, and, and you just knew something mm-hmm. was coming. Um, uh, former MythBusters yeah. host Grant Namahara um, passed away way too goddamn. Yeah, forty-nine. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I, I hadn't thought about Mistbusters in probably seven years. And, Same. like, Random Hara was always kind of, like, on that side crew of, uh, like, not Adam Savage and... Uh, uh, Jamie. And the Turtle Jamie, Man. Yeah, Jamie. Uh, or, or, or was, uh, Jamie... Yeah. Um... Uh, Roosevelt, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they we were, all um, know. I, I, I liked them. They were a good addition. Like the show started off as the two of them, and then they added the side crew yeah. to do like the smaller engineering stuff, and they were they were great. And, and and like I just remember like 
when I started thinking about it, it was like, what Grand Amahara, like I, I never I never really thought about it when I was like watching the show. Like they were a fun team and like it was back when I was trying to figure out like do I like science? Do I like engineering? What am I doing? Like Grant I, I had this feeling in my heart, I was like, wait, he was always so fucking positive. Like I still have this enormously positive opinion of this guy who I had not thought of for like seven yeah, years. Yeah, no, he was um, and, he was always a good dude. At least on the show. I don't yeah. know what he was like in real life, but it, like I had seen some stuff with him like in more casual settings and like obviously being recorded is not quite casual, but um, just yeah. interactions I've seen. Uh, he, he just seemed like a good dude. Yeah, no, it, it, there was a, a big outpouring of love from a lot of actor folks that I follow and um, some folks that I know up there that know him um and, and it just seemed like he was a well well-liked person and left a very I, I a lot of folks that i've talked to that like only know him from mythbusters or um like saw some other stuff that he was working on like he just seemed to radiate positivity and he i am always a a big fan of folks who can enthusiastically positively express love of science and engineering like in a way that gets other people into it as well exactly exactly like trying to be like this infectious advocate for engineering because like science is uh, like science and engineering there is always this air of like I, i don't have the best word for it but like like this kind of shitty superiority around it um and the folks that can break through that and still obviously like be like very talented and very smart um but oh like be able to communicate to folks and and just be infectious with the way that they um express their love of it instead of kind of being glib and shitty um i i really appreciate it and he personified that i think maybe the best out of that whole cast um, yeah I'd, I'd agree with that because you, you kind of had the mixed crew you had a uh... Uh, Adam and Jamie, Jamie, you know, Adam and Jamie had to contrast each other because because Jamie was just so like monotone and serious. Like he had his joking moments, but he was that he was like the funny duddy, and then Adam was the one that was just going crazy. Um, yeah. And then the the three were kind of like the the like teenage like uh, sons and daughter of the other two that were just kind of like <laughs> running around being wild. So it was a really good chemistry, and Grant was always a, a key piece of that. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean that. I I mean. Yeah. He was. Um. What What the fuck can you do about an aneurysm? Yeah. Like yeah. That, that's, that's just one of those things. It's just. Yeah. It, it just happens. Yeah. I I. That's. It's fucking awful and and senseless and, like. I don't know. Like he he seems to have left behind a very positive legacy and and I hope. Well, like he, I know he, he. I want to say that he was inspirational to me, but I definitely found a safe harbor when I was a kid, just kind of trying to to learn about science and engineering in a way that was accessible and cool. Which MythBusters was probably the like the cultural thing back in like the mid two thousands that was the most engineering and still kind of broke into the mainstream. Like they they were actually physically making shit happen. There was nothing like just straight up fake on that show there was always something like cool that you could try to apply or or like understand how it applies in real life and that thing and i i enjoyed it i'm not going to sit here and say it's the reason why i do science or anything like that but um i i appreciate all that and and that 
It just fucking sucks. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, life sucks. Um, he was, yeah. yeah, he was real. I, I, not in the science field, but I, I, I loved uh, that show, and he was a huge part of that. He was, um, he was on BattleBots way back in the day, it, like the first season. He was uh, on one of the teams that made a BattleBot. I can't remember which bot he did. Um, wow, that, I mean that makes and he sense. Was, uh, he was like one of the main people, he was like the main puppeteer of uh, R2-D2 in uh, the prequels. He, oh, he's, yeah, he's right. basically a trained uh, droid engineer because he was like the only one that like would work on it. Like he would, uh, I was reading an article today, I was saying like he would, um, he would like run repairs on the R2-D2 like puppet and droid for like when it broke down and stuff so like he he became a, a freaking star wars droid engineer wow yeah i mean I, I i like for me i think the last thing with him is just like i find it i find the prospect of being able to enthusiastically pursue a thing that you love to do very inspirational and aspirational um and like i seems like a life well lived in a lot of ways and it's a damn shame it was cut way too Definitely. short but I mean just what are you gonna do like you just I think it's a stark reminder of like, like you and I have said on here um, time does not fucking stop mm-hmm. like it's just gonna move faster yeah, and as we get so, older I'm more acutely aware of mortality yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking earlier today, of like, man, you know, I should probably really get this weight number down, because it's, it's... I am not 30, but I'm not, I'm on the wrong side of I'm... the wrong side of 30. <laughs> I'll be 30 next year. <laughs> um, so, gotta get real with this, or, mm-hmm. or else uh, the ravages of time will come for, they come for us all. Um, so it's just, if you got something you want to do, if you have something... That uh, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say any of that right now during COVID. Uh, don't go outside. Don't touch your face. Where, don't please, touch your fucking face. If, you, if your where, aspiration is touching your face, please, for God's sake, please wear a mask. Um, oh my God. Oh God, I was watching. I was watching a video on Twitter earlier, and it was these two guys going around um, Huntington Beach. I can't remember where they were at, but um, they had they had a f- sign that said "free masks," and they had a big box of masks that were they were giving away, and like they were on a beach, in like the surrounding big boardwalk area, and nobody was wearing a mask, and they were just like, "Hey, here's free masks!" Like we know there's a shortage, so like you don't have a mask, like here's a mask, and like nobody was fucking taking a mask. And they were just like, you know, they're, the one girl was like, they're trying to kill us. You know, breathing your own carbon dioxide is bad. And I'm just like, the masks, you could breathe through them. It's, what, do, what do you think? What What about surgeons that wear these for like 12 hours at a time? They don't die. What do, you do, 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 do you think that it's going to trap a gas and not stop a virus? <laughs> like, <laughs> not, not stop a droplet? I, I, I look, I, I get it. I understand that your breath smells bad. And I understand that it is uncomfortable. I'm not going to say it's not uncomfortable. Um, seatbelts are uncomfortable. To, fuck, where am I? God damn it. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, by, it, by, it I, have, I have a very comfortable mask. It's very breathable. Obviously, it's not, like, perfect. I would prefer not wearing it, but I wear it. It's, it's It breathes. It's comfortable, and I can wear it for a long period of time. I You know, I have to constantly adjust it because it's uncomfortable, and 
It, I don't like having a thing yeah, sitting I, on my face because I'm not used to it, but I'm I, going to wear yeah. it. And I made sure to buy I, I, like, one that's it, it, better if, than like a disposable paper one. Yeah, if you're gonna need to, if you're gonna need to wear a mask a whole lot, go ahead and invest the dollar and a half that it takes to get an ear saver. Don't have it sitting on your ears all day. That's gonna that's gonna hurt like hell. I, like I, it's inconvenient. It's gonna take a little bit of effort, but oh my god. <laughs> uh, how many times have we got to shut this state yeah, down? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, we're not doing a deep dive today, but I think I might upload the deep dive we did last time when I upload this. Uh, what was the one we did last time? Um, cheat codes. Oh, oh have you not done in that yet? Video games. No, that one did not. Oh, end okay. Up yeah. Going up so that'll just be because the, I, I the got deep dive for this. Um, we'll have to come up. With, I mean, this was almost three and a half hours so we don't need to add another deep dive on top of this but uh we'll come up with a deep dive or a secondary thing soon i think yeah i, I think like if we if we can push on next week i honestly think i'll just if we don't have another idea maybe we just i just open up the fucking plot of killer seven and just read it start <laughs> to finish because it. it's just it's fucking weird um and like like you will not know any of the the what the mm-hmm. characters are like or whatever but you don't have to like if i say I'm trying to say these characters' names are Tess Bloody Sunday and Dimitri Nightmare. That's a, like, like that's, that's all you need to know. The President of the United States, Dimitri Nightmare. That, that is a fantastic... I would vote for that guy. The man that you fight, he, he is murdered by being put... Like, he, he, he... It looks like he hanged himself, but then he was hung by someone else. But then he's not actually dead, it was a trap. And then you gotta shoot him... Because he's a very round man, and you have to shoot him, so he gains momentum swinging around on, on on the rope, and then eventually his pants go flying off, and you gotta shoot him in the dick like twenty times, and then you and then he dies, and and um, it's very symbolic. As you, as it's you like do. the, it's like the climax of the game. It, it's like the, it's basically the oh, final perfect. boss. Um, yeah. Um, I could also do my Demon um, Souls deep dive, which I don't. Th- think would be an entire th- deep dive i mean i could go into it i mean i don't think deep dives it would, it, it's mainly two hour my long epic. personal love of it more mm-hmm. than like a deep no, dive. I, I, I like so I, I think we should preface it with this of like look the, this this podcast especially during this time that chris is going to be out um somehow getting married during covid <laughs> which good fucking luck um like we're we're gonna experiment with this. We're gonna try to figure out the best format for this so we can hit the ground running when we're back with the full crew and maybe we experiment with who's here and who's not and whatever. But no, I mean I don't think I mean it's it's a deep dive. It's whatever mm-hmm. we want it to be. I, I, so. I do like our uh, kind of experimental birthing stage of this podcast. I think it's interesting. Yeah. So no, I, I think Demon Souls, I think that's a good plan. I I, I want to know where the fuck so, you came so from I have that, some, because I, I have don't some information have... that I, I did some research and I could talk about that and then go into my personal love of it because my personal love of that game literally ju- is just like one area and just like mm-hmm. the theme of that and like nothing else about the game it's literally just the like the <laughs> hub area and that's where my entire love of that game comes from yeah, so we'll figure out where to go with that. I, I honestly think that sounds like a good fucking plan. But yeah, um, I can do that if we don't come up with something better. Cool. Alrighty. Yeah, so I, I guess uh, rest in peace, Grant mm-hmm. and Mahara. Um, 
way too fucking soon, but uh, hey, it seems like he really led a life worth I think living. the legacy that he left um, behind is uh, envious, to say the least. Yes, yes, I would definitely, definitely say that. Um, so hey, I, I that that's it. Uh, we're gonna we we talked about things and stuff, and um, Chris wasn't here, so I know we, we all got through me trying to relate to a movie. I I, I had fun <laughs> we'll watch, talking watch about Guns Akimbo, and we'll have Chris watch Guns Akimbo, and we'll, we'll talk about. I should time. watch Guns Akimbo. Um, okay, let me let me see if I can pull for Emil right now, live on the podcast, pulling Emil. Cause, cause, cause if I, oh, I'm in a mission. I gotta quit this mission. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, I should have waited. I was almost done. I wasted my stam. Got my login bonus. A million people play this video game, so we got 80 gems, which is basically 50 cents. Um, the it's not in here, so it'll be tomorrow. Whatever. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Gogeta's still in space. I f- fuck you, Bandai. The Name Pending Podcast and or ABCD Podcast and or whatever the hell we decided to call this is brought to you by three nerds with nothing better to do on a Tuesday. You can find the other half of this episode wherever we uploaded this one. You can also find more of Brian at www.twitch.tv slash madlarkin6, that's M-A-D-L-A-R-K-I-N-6, and more of Davey at www.twitch.tv slash factory underscore Davey. Chris doesn't do any of this. Yet. Links to all of those in the description of this episode. Finally, credit for the song you're listening to, Name of BitQuest, goes to Incompetech and Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can find this track and much more at Incompetech.com, that's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com, and a link to the reference license can be found in the description. Thanks for listening!